Welcome to the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, episode number 54, Extinct Geekdoms and Fads. Uh, I am your host, Rob. Joining me tonight is Bill. Hello, this is the ASMR session of the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. Not really. (laughs) Aaron. It's A-A-Ron. Get it right. (laughs) Kat. Hi. Jess. Greetings. Mike. Hi. All right, so um, tonight we're going to actually get into, as we mentioned, extinct geekdoms and fads, so also kind of view it as kind of some even fandoms, trends, whatever you want to kind of break this down. Um, This is obviously a little bit different than where we talked about actual fandoms and positive fandoms, where we kind of defined some of these points in that episode a couple couple months ago, Um, but this is definitely slightly tweaked. But before we get into that, let's start off the episode the way we start off every other episode, and my question for everybody today is this. Uh, would you rather have to drink Ecto Cooler as your only beverage for the rest of your life or Jolt Cola? Bear in mind, neither will keep you immune from the inevitable dehydration or diabetes. And I'm going to start with Bill. I'd like to argue that, yes, I agree that I would get diabetes <laughs> eventually after drinking all of these forever and ever and ever and ad <laughs> infinitum. Um, I think I could stave off dehydration. There's still water in these drinks. <laughs> They are made of mostly water as their as their initial ingredient. And yes, I'm saying water because I was are... about to bring that up. I was like, in case you didn't know where we were all from, <laughs> uh, I would go with Jolt Cola. Definitely Jolt Cola. It's okay. it's more delicious. I liked Ecto Cooler, but Jolt. I mean, it's the carbonation. Like, well, car- honestly, too, if this is your only drink, this means this is replacing your caffeine. Yeah, exactly. So, so. Uh, Aaron. So I, too, would go with Jolt Cola. Um, it'd be a short life. The harder work would probably kill me in about a year or so. Do the massive amounts of twice the caffeine. I don't really have to worry about the diabetes or dehydration. More, more about the... The, the, heart, the, the inevitable heart attack. The inevitable heart attack, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, we'll just go around this, this time. Kat. Um, so I don't like cola. So that is an immediate no. Even if it's Jolt Cola. But... Um, I mean, I guess I'll do Ecto Cooler. I did have it like, oh, what was it like a year or two ago? Mm-hmm. It's really fucking sweet. So is Joe Cola. You aren't I mean, winning on either fine. one of these. I would absolutely rather Ecto Cooler over Joe Cola because Cola is disgusting. But <laughs> yeah, so that one. Fair. Jess. Is there a diet Jolt Cola? <laughs> I, no, I, actually, there's one of the few companies that does not make a diet soda. Um. Okay. Or caffeine free They they made multiple different flavors for a little while of time, but there was sure. still never any diet. But if it's my only beverage and my only source of caffeine, I'm gonna have to go with the cola. Okay, Mike. I am also gonna go with the cola. <laughs> um, the caffeine is probably Essential. important first thing in the morning. Yeah, I, I jolt cola too because <laughs> I used to drink it like it was water. So Woo, it's ecto cooler. Caffeine is king. Woo. I can survive without caffeine. I actually drink coffee because I like the taste. Yeah. Stockholm syndrome. That's what it is. <laughs> Stockholm it is. syndrome. You also drink drink it with a lot of cream and sugar though yeah, too. But it still tastes good with cream and sugar though too. So can't really argue yep. with that much. Jolt cola also tastes good with cream and sugar. <laughs> oh, yeah, but not wow. cream. No, no, it could Blah. taste good with cream. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Gonna warm up your Jolt cola yep. for yeah. a nice winter yep. drink. Oh yeah, it's like a, it makes a great hot toddy. <laughs> well, think about it. At least like you can use you could you could do. A, well, you could do reductions with both for cooking. I you mean, could. I think it'd be fine. Pasta's going to taste horrible regardless of however you cook it. But, <laughs> um, so, 
He's making pulled pork with the Jolt Cola. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That would be great. That would actually be really good. So just be pulled pork and Jolt Cola for the rest of your life. (laughs) You're fine. You're good. Um, So I figure, you know, I'll bring it up here because one of the things that I was going to originally do was use Orbit Soda uh, and Snapple Elements. And then I realized at the table, because we have varying degree of ages here, that some people are probably like, wait, what? And I, I don't like, know what either yeah, of those are. You're too young. Sorry. <laughs> Who wants to explain Snapple Elements? Please do. Yeah, I don't know what this is. Snapple <laughs> Elements was a line of Snapple products that were all, they, they were different flavors, and they were all just based on elements. Like, there was Snapple Rain, Snapple Sun, like... There was Fire, sna- fire Water. Yeah. Water. They were all, and, and they the bottles were no, so... No, it wasn't water. It was no. something different. Um, oh, there's rain. There was rain. Okay. Rain was the. Clear. It was rain and fire, right? Um, but they were. I love. I love them. They were they delicious. Were like crack. I'm and, not even kidding. And the bottles were so colorful and and almost collectible. Like I had a collection of probably Aww. fifteen to twenty, fifteen to twenty different bottles of Snapple Elements. There My were so many had out there. Soby. Soby. I was just gonna say. Yes, I remember yep, like yep. the Soby water. <laughs> and that's so- that was that was a big thing with Soby, the bottles and the different life types. Water, like well, not life water, but Soby. It was flavors. before that. Well, it was so the normal, glass bottles yeah. that were. Uh-huh. Well, it was Soby Life is what the stuff was. The brand I think was initially, but so they hit around the same time. Oh, and. Yeah. Sobe wasn't big over here, and Snapple Elements did really, really well. And then all of a sudden they said, we're only going to stick with tea, because during that time, do you remember one of the other big things that Snapple used to make? True root beer. Ooh. They had crystal clear root beer they used to sell, too, which was phenomenal. And that was like crack, and that was another thing from the 90s. You know what else was like crack? Pepsi-Cona. Pepsi-Cona was great. There was Aww. also Coca-Cola Black, mm. if you remember that, mm. too. Pepsi-Blue. No, all the different sodas. I don't remember any of these. All things. those different like variations. I just of remember soda Sobe through the nineties. <laughs> okay, googling Snapple elements, they look familiar, but I don't think I ever mm. actually had well, I them. I never Dude. had those when we were in college, and it's been yeah. a while since I've been in college, so I don't know if this is still a fad or not. <laughs> um, we used to take those uh, element bottles. We used to drink it, take it, fill it up with water, pop open a highlighter marker, dump the uh, center in. Until the water got all the color from it, and you pull the highlighter core out and set it up in front of a black light. Mm-hmm. And oh, would, neat! That was fabulous. That's pretty cool. Aww, yeah. I I wasn't really old enough to uh, appreciate that because we didn't have the internet when I was drinking <laughs> Snapple Elements, and I was just like, I was just a kid, and I was like, I'm bringing these back to my room, Mom. She's like, just make sure to wash them out so we don't get ants. <laughs> pretty much. And then orbits were just weird because they were odd sodas that had little weird balls. Oh, they, were, they essentially looked like lava lamps as soda. They were delicious. That's very odd. They were delicious. Me. I don't care what you think the balls tasted like. Yes. <laughs> Intended. Uh, they were, were they delicious. Like thicker consistency? Yes. They, okay. they were about the same density. If you look up orbits, O B R I T Z. Orbit soda. Um, and yes, it looks identical to essentially a lava lamp. They were super bizarre and weird. And a company went out of business within a year. I'm so, not shocked. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Drinking so, chunks. <laughs> pretty much. It's, it's like, kind of like, like I mean, bubble tea. People love no. bubble tea. Do now. not besmirch the name of bubble tea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I figured the best way to, for us to get started was the way that I wasn't originally going to start the show until good taste prevailed. Uh, so I figured the best way for us to do this is kind of defining what we view as an extinct geekdom and kind of the categories that they kind of fall in. So, and we can kind of kick out 
thoughts and processes of this. So I'll kick off just a term, and if everybody has a quick one that jumps to mind, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. It's just more to kind of help define this for while we're talking so people know where we're coming from. Um, so I figured the first kind of point of extinction is essentially when something goes from the mainstream into a cult following. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say just if we say it's it's something that's very cult-oriented, uh, we're, we're saying it's kind of slipping from mainstream audience where it maybe had some very of success but then it still lived on a pretty good life um you know like something like evil dead okay evil dead was a massive flop and a failure and then all of a sudden everybody's like this is amazing same with like rocky horror rocky horror clue um is another one of those absolutely that movie's so good um the rocketeer rocketeer yeah Yeah. Uh, a lot of these things that were absolute flops but found their life later on in, in the colton indie kind of scene yeah. So the next I kind of thought was because there's not really a term for it. So I called it kind of tidal geekdoms because like a tide goes in, tide goes out. There's high tide, low tide, where something is basically does really well for a long time and it kind of disappears. Nobody really cares about it, thinks about it anymore. Then it gets really big again and then it goes away again. And I thought the best one for use for that was Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Star Wars was really big, but like mid-1985 at post Jedi, nobody gave a crap about comics Star Wars. too. A lot of comics, yeah. like the big DC Marvel ones, they go in waves. Yeah, but Star Wars was a huge one, and then it had a big resurgence again because, well, if you liked mm-hmm. Star Wars in the late 80s, everybody's like, you're a dork, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the way people viewed you. Then the prequels happened, and then everybody liked Star Wars again, and then Star Wars went away again, <laughs> and Star Wars came back, and so. Pokemon, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, a, that's that. a big piece. And that one kind of tips into cult following for yeah, a little bit, too, because there's that collector's bit. market to it a little bit. But so it's the same with Star Wars, though. But, like, they can both kind of be viewed in the same kind of world. Base is a cult following. Magic the Gathering, kind mm. of a title geekdom. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. as as certain sets come and go, people are get really excited. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm really into magic again. And then after a year or two, they're like, I don't want to spend money anymore. And they get out of magic. Uh, and then a couple of years go by, and they're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> These cars look great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, you know, like um, a big one, too, is World of Warcraft. Oh, hey, yeah. Hey, this is really oh, great. No one cares. Really like, hey, they're doing yeah. a giant expansion again. Everybody's like, yay, new expansion. And then after a while, now it's just kind of, well, it was, now it's on the endangered list. It, yeah, it's definitely yeah. on the endangered list. I mean, World of Warcraft was a huge geekdom for about five to six years. And then they started to fall off and subscriber numbers dipped and they weren't, weren't putting out content. And then, you know, yeah, like you said, the next expansion came out and everybody's like oh let's get back on track and they get people back on for like three months and then mm-hmm. they fall off again mm-hmm. and it's another year and a half before a new expansion comes out and people come back and yeah now i don't know honestly if they can recover like i mean sure they're probably going to recover a little bit but everything that blizzard's doing right now is just leading people to say no we don't want to do this anymore that's fair well before them there were like a whole like subset, everyone jumped from one MMO to the next. Right. Speaking of extinct geekdoms, like mm. there's what was it? EverQuest. EverQuest. Was it? Yeah. EverQuest Actually, is EverQuest is still going. I mean, RuneScape. well, RuneScape. I remember RuneScape. EverQuest One is still going. <laughs> well, oh I, again, God. there's really? there's just like was there Star? Well, Vanilla. Two was that one? Well, that was that was still just the Not original. That wasn't an MMO. Okay. So, but I mean. WoW is still going when, in terms of like WoW Vanilla. There's a lot of people that went back and said, hey, we want Vanilla. And there yeah. were big servers that were brought up by other companies. And Blizzard said, no, we want to shut you down. Because we're going to do it now instead. Yeah. So and then you can log into what it was like to play WoW on day one. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, Which is terrible. Don't ever do it. Please <laughs> don't. No, it's not as good as you remember it. Uh, any other quick examples of title geekdoms or cult ones that we want to use? Uh, one of each is uh, Transformers. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Cult following that kept it alive for a long period right. of time. And but it's still a very title thing. Yeah. Right. Um, so I guess our next kind of term would just be traditional endangered geekdoms. Things that have been in vogue for so uh, for a, a good long amount of time now, but they're, you see the, their stars starting to fade. And you're pretty sure they're probably not coming I, back. I don't want to open any old wounds, but do you know about Rocky Horror? Is that still going strong? Uh, it's It's been always a cult thing. It's, yeah. not, it's, it's just not going steadily, anywhere. No. It's, it's, it's a steady cult yeah. thing. It's, it it has not gone. It will yeah. slowly. It, it, I think it's, and flows. I think it's starting to go from cult following now, though, into the endangered status. Okay. Because there's less movie theaters that are independent That's movie theaters to true. give them That's the ability to perform them. But yeah. it's still a big thing at like Halloween. But yeah. as far as consistent, yeah. like in the 90s, the where you could find like Saturday the mom night. and pop theater still that's still running in this town is showing Rocky Horror. Those are few and far between now. So it's not like every Saturday night there's a place to go, you know. Um, I do think uh, currently endangered, but it's again a bubble thing or not a bubble thing. It's the title geekdom, but like comics again, like it they had the big limelight, but I think that's about to burst because I think everyone's just waiting for something new right now. Oh, as far as having it in the endangered list, mm-hmm. I would say just that's probably for the about time right. being. Com- I would say it will always specifically come back. probably comic book movies are yes. probably in the endangered yeah endangered and list. shows and I think everyone just is looking for different. It's time for a little something new. Yeah, Aaron. One thing that I always think of is kind of that I saw a lot growing up in the nineties. Um, in the early 2000s with Star Trek, um, it's still there, but it's not nearly as prevalent as it used to have been. Like, we're not, they were having difficulties coming out with a new movie. There were, like, talks of production, like, not that's happening. That's true. And then the only current Star Trek out there that's that people can watch is on a streaming service that's not the most, you know, household prevalent. name. Right. So this is something that was, you know, took a long time to get going, and then it had a huge resurgence in the 90s. You couldn't watch TV in the 90s without seeing Star Trek some point. Mm-hmm. But I would say that's less endangered and probably more in, it's probably in that title at this point. I don't know. I think they're it trying, depends. aren't they starting a new series with Patrick Stewart? Yeah, well, yes. I mean, the Picard yeah. series starting is releasing next year. Discovery just apparently had an amazing season two. No, no, I, um, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying it, The Orville is pushing. riding its coattail, essentially. Um, and that's a hit that just got picked up for season three. But I so. agree, it was everywhere. It was. Yeah. Like 20 years ago. I don't ago. know if it's yeah. more title or if it is... I would say it's probably on the title line because Star Trek and Star Wars are very synonymous in the way that they kind of right. had a, a mm. burst of popularity and then a resurgence uh, yeah, in the way that the resurgences have worked mm-hmm. uh, but i think again it's you know star trek was that the it thing in the 70s and star wars had was the it thing in the 70s and then world kind of I was changes gonna say, and, could it be revolving decades and it's it's kind of what it is it's every yeah. it's, it's like kind of every that. other decade kind of thing <laughs> like you think about it in the 90s hits Star Wars comes you back have, and Star Trek came well, back. You have Star Trek at the beginning and, and Star Wars at the end. end. Yeah. Very yeah. similar to how it was prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, beginning of the decades, we had the J.J. Abrams Star Trek and the things that kind of were spawned from it. And then Star Wars is closing out the decade yet again. So it's same cyclical nature. So, oh, just No, I was just... Um, it will be interesting to see because I know Supernatural, for example, has a massive cult following, <laughs> but it's ending next season. So it'll be interesting to see if that goes on the endangered list or if that continues because I mean it's so big that people do, you know, conventions all the time and things like that. So that's one. It's a wait and see if that still continues after the show's over or not. That's very true. Um, and that leads us obviously to the final one, which is extinct 
geekdoms. And one of the ones I'll put on here, which can be argued a little bit, but I think in the way that we think about it mostly around this table is arcade culture. Um, the traditional coin-op arcades where you're not there purely to win this random stuffed teddy bear because you played a game that's basically an app game from your phone that's now spitting out tickets versus just saying, hey, buy another, you know, 99 cents to play 10 more plays of this on your phone um versus like let's when we sit think down it, in this racing cabinet and race each other right like mm-hmm. playing like you know um street fighter and mortal Kombat and pinball and all these other things that are were huge and then just died when home consoles became better than what you were playing in the arcades what i see now in any kind of arcade situation are like full immersion and simulation style. yeah um there are a couple of like big arcade type places that you can go to, but they're not just arcade. They are like arcade and pizza shop. They're family fun centers. The yes. family fun centers. Yep, yep, yep. But the, the machines that they have are not fighting each other machines. They mm-hmm. barely even do racing machines. They're really more about, <laughs> you know, flight simulation and the machine like moves you around. Or you can and play tickets. some golf. Or play golf. Yeah. yeah. Or it's get them tickets. Virtual reality in a place that is more affordable for people to consume it. Yes. Yeah, because I remember, like, um, I used to play DDR like crazy back in high school, and so my cousin and I would always scope out all the arcades we could find, and I mean, there used to be, like, I remember there was one in Narberth, there was the Exton one, mm-hmm. um, and there were, like, a handful of other ones, too, and then just over the years, more and more. Like, Change and Granite Run, all these oh, other yeah, ones. yeah, the Granite Run one, too. And, like, they just continued to close down. But, I mean, there was a, you think about it, though, they used to be franchises everywhere. Like, Pocket Change was a franchise. Aladdin's Castle was a franchise arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, Time Out, all these other ones that used to be around, especially in our area, and there's tons of other ones that have been across the U.S. But, yeah, I mean, they, they bit it once. It, it They had their time, but it was... I mean, I, I think something like this is, is kind of evolving. Like you said, the Family Fun Center, you know, like Dave and Buster's, Round One... And, you know, arcades just aren't arcades anymore. You know, they, they do have like the the arcade style games, but they also have the ticket games and redemption games, as well as bowling and pool and places for people to get drinks um, that cater to a more adult audience, as well as what arcades have, I think, kind of evolved into like things, places like Top Golf, where people go out and say, hey, I want to play a game of golf, but it's. 10 o'clock at night and it's dark and I'm not going to play outside and I can just play a simulation. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the kind of one of the litmus tests for an extinct geekdom is even when something comes back. Like if you can ask yourself this question at this table, if say round one went out of business tomorrow and all the locations would close, would anybody at this table be surprised? I mean, if Dave and Buster's went out of business, would anybody be really very super surprised? I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sad because it's not a place that I can I want to go to every single day. Exactly. Well, and I was sad when like the uh, older arcades closed because they used to have very unique machines. I mean, again, on the DDR thing, but like each of them had different um, playlists because yeah. like they all, you know, I think um, the one at Tilt was third mix. Yeah, but they all had different mixes. So based yep. on which arcade you went to, you got a different thing. And it was like that with a lot of games, though. Like, they might only have this, you know, arc- like arcade game that you could only find here. And that's what made that special to go to versus going to a different arcade. Well, it was also like one of the things to like bring up culture. Like a good friend of ours um, that's been on the show in the past before, um, Mike Carlucci, uh, him and I used to bounce around the arcades to carry top scores in um area 51 a light gun game 
Uh, and we had it in a whole bunch of different movie theaters, things like that. But we also knew, right? Oh, well, that gun's really crappy because this top corner doesn't shoot well. Or the, the, the infrared sensor doesn't pick up. Or this gun has a tendency to not like to reload. And like you learn those little things just like, hey, that's the, the arcade that's got the good DDR list that I really like playing. Um, but I think like you go to a place like round one and they have all the same things it feels like yes. and <laughs> it, it you do have some of that but it's it's not to the level of you could roll down the street to this movie theater to this arcade then this other arcade up here now it's like this is the only arcade or a place you can play any of these games probably in close to an hour yeah and i think that's what was so different um all right so like i said now that we have those defined again just kind of reiterating one more time so kind of a cult following title geekdoms and honestly bear in mind too title fads i think is a good way to put this um then obviously the endangered list and then extinct so i guess the best place for us to kind of really truly start the conversation was what was the first big fads or geekdom as you remember kind of being around growing up uh and then kind of like going off of that a little bit more was why it drew you in why did that trend or fad kind of get its its hooks into you and then were you ever embarrassed about following the cinema those trends and is there one you still miss is it still round does it have weird resurgence transformation some way shape or form over the years so uh mike okay well um i have like six of them (laughs) that i remember because they were all about the same time okay well Um, you know i Get like this the first right. one or two uh, for right well, now. Well, there were start. there were muscles which were little wrestler guys that came in a garbage Ulti- can. Ultimate muscle. Yep. Um, there were garbage pail kids, and there were uh, stickers like just collecting stickers and putting them into a photo album, calling it your sticker book. Mm-hmm. Um, those are very key, strong ones that I remember as my first exposure. Um, the the sticker collection and the garbage pail kids, they were just collecting stuff. The muscles, you were supposed to, like, fling them at your friends and hit them in the <laughs> eyes with them so that they went blind. It was great. Indeed. Well, you know, I, I'm going to actually jump to Cat because... Why? Uh, the opposite like, huh? of the spectrum. <laughs> well, the stickers. Uh, the, 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 just... the sticker book stuff. Like, I know that was a big thing for you, too, a little bit growing up. Because um, you, you're, really. yours, well, you, I know it was something was you wanted, more, It was a cool thing that everyone did. And there were sticker books, and my parents were very practical, and they were like... That's a fad. We're not getting you a sticker book. We will get you some stickers and you can use this construction paper and make yourself a book. And I'm like, okay. So then I just did that. But the reason that, but you said it the right way though, because your your family viewed it as like, no, this is just a fad. As an adult, I look back and I'm like, yeah, no, that's accurate. I mean, like. (laughs) But it's, it's kind of interesting though, the fact that like you had your parents actually call it out from what it was. It was, it was a fad that was going to have it stay in the sun and be done. But like, um, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't go with that as like my big thing. Cause I, I, they were passing things for me. The first thing I got really, really into in grade school was, um, anime. Cause like Sailor Moon hit around when I was in like fourth or fifth grade. And that was huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then I just went down the rabbit hole with that. <laughs> as far as things that I don't really see anymore. I had a lot of paper dolls as a kid. Um, yeah, not I just Barbies. Those. I had paper yeah. dolls and like yeah. Disney had got in on them. I had like Disney princess paper dolls with different outfits and I would sit and play with those things for Where you made hours. like the folded tabs folded and everything little tabbies, the And then yeah, you could yeah. change their dresses I and outfits those. and stuff. 
Um, I made a bunch they've of They've morphed into <laughs> iPad apps. games. Yeah. Right. And then it was like that doll simulator thing of the oh. early 2000s. Do you remember those? Those were weird too. Yep. But <laughs> you don't really see books of paper dolls anymore. See, we it didn't would have get been the in books. like toy stores. My folks showed me that, okay, you can draw them and make them and cut them out yourself. <laughs> Not me. I couldn't draw anything and I still can't. Oh, I drew everything. And so. then, um, oh, Pogs. Pogs were a big thing. Pogs were dumb, too. but we loved them. <laughs> I still have Star Wars pops. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I still have a, I think I have a box somewhere downstairs that's like a brass style masher that had like a hologram on it. Slammer Rob. Or Slammer Rob. Right, right, right. You're supposed remember. to kind of yeah. slam them. And yeah. then later in like middle school, I got into Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Oh, that was yeah. a thing. I had Yu-Gi-Oh cards I had a bunch for a while. of them. Yeah. Yep. I was more into magic, but Yu-Gi-Oh was definitely a big thing. No, well, I because I watched the anime and then collected the cards. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> um... I had an Alf Pog at one time. Oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah, so that's like two and one right there. Uh, <laughs> it's oh, it's Pog when it first came back. <laughs> um, one of the earliest things I remember getting into. Um, there's like two that were kind of having the same time. One was the playing cards, uh, not playing cards. Excuse me, the Marvel cards. They were like yes. Marvel. By Tops. Cards. The Tops trading cards. Tra- Marvel trading cards, yes. Yep. I had a full binder, and Me I too. worked really hard to get a full like series of, of oh, season. Oh, my, my dad season. was like, hey, there's a comic book shop down the street. Guess what they have? You can just buy the entire collection for like 25 bucks, so we don't have to waste a ton of money. Nope. <laughs> and that's what we did. <laughs> the other thing that I had gotten into as young was Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, I remember we that. We would... Like save up enough money to buy all the VHS videos uh-huh. to watch all the Dragon Ball Z. Did you have the bootlegs? Because we had bootlegs. We had because we wanted bootlegs. to watch Dragon Ball GT, which you couldn't get in the states. So we went to like all the weird hobby shops we, to get the VHS. We eventually bootlegs. got a hold of like the the bloody version of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, it's totally um, different. So yeah. I have to ask because you said this because this makes me think of '90s trends and fads. Did you? Did anybody here at this table have any of the bowling T-shirts that were, were the graphic printed bowling shirts that were just like, "Here's the giant like Goku on the back of it." It was no. this, this. This this hurts me because you <laughs> you are describing me to a T. I had so many of them. I didn't have the ones that had Goku. I had the guys that looked like Goku. But they definitely weren't Goku. I may have had pants that had an extra four yards of fabric on them. I did too. Like Jenkos? Uh, well, well, there's Jenkos, and then there were the ones where, like, Jenkos even was like, that's too much fabric. <laughs> I had those. I had the ones that were 65 I remember inch those. circumference. Oh no lie, and I think I still have them in the closet. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, I got on. rid of them. I finally got rid of them. Oh, did you turn them into a tent? <laughs> you could have. I can also state though too there was I had one of those moments where everybody was running down a, a, a hallway and I was like guys I'll be right there like and I was trying to play catch up and I tripped on my giant pants <laughs> and I cracked my head on a brick wall oh, so God. so that was you have a giant wallet chain to go along with it? I did, did. I, it went, oh, it did. I went to Mike can attest it went down to my ankles yep oh my god I, I had the big heavy wallet chain I was kind of like weird in construction. I just went to like a hardware store. That's what happened. That's, that's why I had one that Aww. was that long because I went to Home Depot uh, yeah. and I had a pair of bolt cutters in the garage. <laughs> so, that's yeah, mine amazing. were not from the store. Mine were kind of handmade. That's but precious. Very much so. 
but yeah, no, there was there was a lot of people around around me that didn't buy Jenkos. They made their Jenkos. They they split a pair of pants down the side seams and stitched another pair of pants to them. <laughs> that was not uncommon in in our high school. Not at all. No. Um, any I mean, other big growing up trends that were? I mean, I or, guess I have one that, that kind of came back. I loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They were around for a good hot minute back in the, the 90s, and then they kind of fell apart. And yeah. It was like, where are the turtles gone? Now <laughs> they're back, and they're super weird. <laughs> Very much so. I enjoyed the original. like the fourth iteration of them, right? Yeah. I think they're on the fifth. Are they? I think they're oh. on the fifth now. Yeah. They're I'm trying behind, their I'm best. I, mean, I did enjoy like the comic books that came out right before the cartoon. Not the original like weirdly drawn Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the ones that were kind of dark that the first movie was based on. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed those comic books. I have those. Um, so for me, uh, it was huge growing up, and especially in grade school, was hyper-colored t-shirts. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers them at this table. I do. Huh? Uh, I know why they went extinct. <laughs> I do, too. Explain for the babies in the room. <laughs> yeah. so, yes. Do you remember hyper-colored shirts, Aaron? I don't recall yes, that. Hyper-colored <laughs> shirts were shirts that were one color during regular temperature, and when mm-hmm. they got hot, they, they turned a different color. Yes. Yes. Did they like so, splooshy if you sweat? Yes. Oh, yes. No. That's one of the reasons That's they went extinct. Yes. The other reason they went extinct is because if you were being, you know, handled, people could yes. tell. Yes. Because Scandal. body temperature differences. Oh God. So. Oh, that's. That was became a be common revealing. thing where people thought it was really funny to like touch somebody inappropriately and like look. <laughs> Now you've color. been touched in, inappropriately because hypercolor. Yes. And now everybody knows. Yes. But that was huge. And in addition to that, though, Why? too, uh, Umbros. Umbros being a normal part of everyday clothing, especially what in were Umbro shorts. Umbro uh, shorts. They were like soccer shorts. So, yeah. uh, and a lot of times they were two-toned. Or no, they were jams. I take that back. Jams were Jams was, yeah. I have a paisley side of my shorts. Yep. And they're paisley with neon colors, and then the other side is just black. Yep. Because somebody thought that was a good and idea. And they all went down to your knees. And they all went to your, to your knees. Uh, because were beforehand, in the 80s. Because beforehand, shorts didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Not like now, where everybody has shorts that usually run to their knees. They, they were all still with that 70s creepy gym teacher look. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and British Knights uh, sneakers. They oh, were the BKs, other ones. BKs, yeah. yeah. Good old BKs. Forgot about I also those. had tons of cargo pants. Yeah. That was like a really big thing growing up. Was mm-hmm. I think cargo pants have hung in there. Cargo pants are still hung in there. Carpenter were. carpenter pants have kind of fallen by the wayside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carpenter pants. Yeah, they had like the they had like a pocket, the but then they also had a yep. loop. Yep. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. I did not. That's know. what that's actually for. They still. Yeah. I've actually still some carpenter jeans. <laughs> they yeah. do. Fesh wears them all the time. Really? If you ever watch him, look at him like whenever, for the those of you, you've heard him on this podcast plenty of times, but because we can't show you a picture of it, <laughs> just that's purely carpenter pants. That's and what he wears almost all of the time. <laughs> that is, those are his jeans of choice. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now not you're going to be looking for fashion. the loop. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the giveaway. I'm not great loop. with fashion stuff in general, though. So, I mean, like. It's perfect because, you know, if he's wearing them, you can just hook them and be like, come back here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, precious. Yeah. All right. So. Now, were there any fads or trends growing up, though, that you were actually embarrassed that you partaked in? Any Anybody? So, anime was a tricky one because 
if you were if you liked anime, you got it. Otherwise, everyone's like, what's that weird Japanese stuff? Why are they speaking in a different language? And you're like, but it's awesome. <sighs> so because I watched all the stuff that was like I used to watch subtitled because I would get the fan subs from the local collectible store that were recorded and <laughs> it was the whole thing you had to go through a lot of production to get this stuff because a lot of it just wasn't available um like later seasons of dragon ball or later seasons of sailor moon and then when you delved into like all the other anime that was out there none of it was out here yet or it was slowly coming out so yeah <laughs> anybody else no uh, i don't have anything that i'm embarrassed about okay Jess, you look like you're ready. I'm just gonna <laughs> say I'm just gonna say one word and then we can discuss it again later. But um, Twilight, that's fair. Yeah. It was part of my a very big part of. But I think like though, high school for yeah. me. But I mean, I think though also that that was, was it was an it thing though fad. as a whole. It yeah, was it was a huge it was fad. more than all a, my friends. It was more than a fact. It was. It. It's mm-hmm. like I said, we're gonna talk about something later where we're gonna bring up the Hunger Games. Yeah, I would say the Twilight is no different than how big the hunger games hit for yeah no no i just look back on twilight now and go oh god <laughs> it was so problematic in so many i thought the same that, way about Anne rice you know? in the 90s though it's so... okay <laughs> i did not read Anne rice until far later so uh, yeah it's not bad it's just the writing's not my thing she also went kind of super out there though too yeah, so fair <laughs> um all right so i figured Let's jump into another piece here. So are there any fads or geekdoms, though, that you felt that you were kind of one of those people that were ahead of the curve, maybe in your group of friends, maybe in your school, like maybe like you originally picked on for it and then all of a sudden it got really, really big. You're like, hey, and it's just kind of like. Sure. So for me, that was Game of Thrones. Um, oh, that's oh, fair. That's a good. Yeah. Okay. I was that's way into Game one. of Thrones. Yeah. About 1997. Yeah. Um. And I, I really love the book. I, I told like every friend I had that how awesome the story was. It's like yeah. super cool. Like all the people that read like fantasy books and stuff. Um, and it was like no other fantasy book I've ever read before then. Everything before that was very like juvenile. This is more adult. And so for me, that was, I was like way into these books. Only like a handful of people knew about the books. Yeah. And then the show came out. I was like, <laughs> really? And now it's like. <sighs> really? Now you're into swords and yep. sorcery? Yep. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I feel you there on the fantasy front. Not with Game of Thrones, because I didn't read that one as much growing up, but, like, it was kind of gratifying, because when I was a kid, I was super into fantasy books. I read them all the time, and then, but that wasn't popular. It was just kind of weird. And then um, Lord of the Rings came out, and everyone was like, oh, let's go see this fantasy movie. And I'm like, yeah, I read that years ago. (laughs) Yeah, you're over here, like, reading Tamara Pierce, and you're like, I got this, you guys. Yup, (laughs) yup. I think, again, I don't want to say this is a fad because it's not really a fad because it's still going. Yeah. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I got the. I think the... that's yeah. fair, though. Yeah. yeah. yeah but I, I feel like I was ahead of the curve on that. Uh, I started playing when I was in fifth grade. Oh, yeah. My dad had all these books and he was like, hey, do you and your friends want to play D&D? Well, you know, I'll run a campaign for you guys. And we're like, sure. And then, you know, everybody was like, D&D. What's that? That's a nerd game. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's awesome. <laughs> well, I think one of the things, and it's kind of a cop-out answer, but it's kind of not. It's kind of like being a geek is <laughs> one of those ones that felt feels like anybody that was a geek growing up 
especially whether it was 80s or 90s at all. And if you were already into it, mm-hmm. I don't think that really shifted culturally where it was just kind of like that was everybody's into those things now. It's just yeah. a normal part. I think if you were if you were born before 2000, yeah, I, I think that being a geek was not a normal thing. Like, or if it was, we didn't have a way to communicate with each other. So we didn't have a way to realize that we weren't alone. Yeah. I'm lucky that you had a DM. I, I am <laughs> lucky that I had a DM. And and fortunately, he kind of set me up to say, hey, you know, I should DM later on when I got to college and had more friends that were like, hey, we're interested in D&D. And we kind of played before. But we need somebody to run a game. I'm like, I'm here. I can do it. I've got all this source material. This is great. It's funny. Nowadays, I've got people in role playing groups that we played other games like Star Wars role playing, uh, Star Wars role playing game. They play Battletech and Mech Warrior, and they're like, "I've never actually played in a D and D game before." I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> I'm one of those people right now. Like, this is elementary. Wow. I'm one yeah. of those people. There's a reason. There's a guy in New York City that gets paid a hundred dollars an hour to DM sessions. For yeah, people. yeah. It's a niche, a niche skill that you like. Know, he's not like twenty seven years old, and he's just people book him. I, I kind of, to follow up on what Bill said, I don't really know if D&D has really ever fallen off like the, the fad or the trend, the, the geekdom, because it just keeps kind of like the steady state of growing and growing and growing. It, it kind of fell off with fourth edition because everybody was like, no, this sucks. Uh, yeah, to the people that play it. Right, that's true. I mean, you're talking like it fell off to the fans that played it. It never really got to that cultural like norm status that you see with regard i mean they made a movie that was just bad well there was a oh, cartoon yeah. series that was also just bad that but, <laughs> but i mean like but you think about it though too like we just had what was it, the last six months ago where not even that it's three months that they actually just released a brand new D starters edition for stranger things yes mm-hmm. actually that was mm-hmm. last yeah, month did. now come mm-hmm. to think of it yeah i mean yeah. like but that tells you how much D&D has become I think it's just become part of the mainstream cultural consciousness, not that it wasn't always there to a degree. It's part of the vernacular and all these things, and we think of it as a normal part of... Because whereas I think even in the 90s, there was still that idea of that's that's the devil's game. Yeah, that's true. You know? If devil's game, that's something for geeks, but now it's just like, it's just a form of entertainment. Right. Yeah, there is that. It has transcended away from, that's weird that you play that, to... Oh, that's a that's just a game that you play. It's, it's, it's no different than saying I went and played Monopoly this weekend. Yeah, yeah. it's like, right. but yeah, I mean, like you know, when you think about how much like yeah, board games were another one of those things that were made it start of its big changes. And people, we talk about Fireball Island, and then it's a reason why Fireball Island, when Restoration Games re released, it did like three million dollars for a Kickstarter because <laughs> oh everyone's like, god. oh my god, Fireball Island, because it everybody's like, yeah, it's not Monopoly, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of resurrecting fads. Restoration Games has hit the jackpot with what they're doing. It's true. It's ridiculous. Dark how much. Tower. They're Coming just out soon. They're just printing money at this point. Like <laughs> they're printing money. Mike, did you have any other? Um, anything that I was ahead of the curve on? Uh, I will say the resurgence of Star Wars. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, because because uh, you never left it. <laughs> no, you stayed with it. Yep. Yeah. You're a walking. You are a walking Wikipedia. <laughs> if we ever need anything Star Wars, it's like, oh, wait, we don't know this. Let's go search the internet. No, let's just ask Mike. He'll know. <laughs> I'm going to send a text. It's, it's fine. Pretty, pretty accurate. It'll be quicker. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No ads. Yeah. <laughs> you oh. need to start running ads on your own like internal software. Be like, start monetizing yourself. When it's somebody great. asks you a question, just send back a picture of Doritos. <laughs> then wait five seconds. Then respond. Yeah, that's fine. That's all you have to do. 
All right. Um, so I figured this is where we can kind of dive into really the meat of this, aside from just giving random examples at the point of growing up and all. But so Kat came up with a really good thought that I, that I didn't think of as, is kind of why those fads and geekdoms kind of actually end up in that extinction category. Uh, and there's a couple different reasons we can kind of use, but uh, if you've got something off the top of your head, just dive in. Because they horribly jumped the shark like with Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, fighting words. I'm going to start this right now, and the numbers are just, the numbers are terrible. People, Bear in mind, this is, probably, this is probably airing about two, maybe three days before the finale is going to air. Like the actual finale episode episode. Oh, you're going to get it up this week? Yeah, this will be out. This okay, week. so so, so no we're recording this. This will be out. This will be out. Uh, this will be out probably on Friday morning. It's okay. I haven't seen anything. I actually, I'm still back in season three of Game of Thrones. So okay. please, I know it's gonna go bad. From everything <laughs> that I've heard from friends, it's like, wow, they did that in the episode, and they did this and that, and, th- and this is we're recording the Monday after this the, the penultimate episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, stuff like this happens. Like it's people are saying. It's Dexter again, all over again, yeah. like, and the show's not even done. Yeah, and you—I think you referenced it, Kat, and it's yeah. How I Met Your Mother. Yes, like, I did. It, it's on these levels of things that have gone horribly wrong. That afterwards, you just don't even want to go back and rewatch because the ending has left such a sour taste in your mouth. That mental note to self too, as that statement is heard. Before, if you're a type of person that is thinking that way, and you think you're about to tweet to David Benoff. Or uh, or DB or to Weiss. DB Weiss. Yep. DB Weiss. Yep. Uh, please go listen to our episode on Toxic Phantoms before <laughs> doing that, Good and call. don't Good go call. after directors, don't go after writers, don't go after actors. That's what fanfic mm-hmm. is for. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> or you could pray that George R. R. Martin finishes the series and finish it that way. Yep. <laughs> done and done. Cat. Um, jumping off the How I Met Your Mother thing, that was another one that, like, I think the. It had a huge cult following behind it while the show was airing, and it also had the chance, like, there are, you know, um, sitcoms and things like that, that, it, like, I mean, Seinfeld was a long one for a long time, um, that had a huge cult following that even after the show ended, people were still really into it. Futurama is a huge one. Yeah, that's that one's true. still, I mean, that one's actually not extinct. No. Um, In fact, it was reborn. But... The creators made a misstep with the ending, and because of that, that was one that probably would have perpetuated, and it just fell flat, because all the interest, all the cult following of it, just after the ending, it took a nosedive. And there's a tiny cult following that's like, just don't watch the last season, so... Well, it's not the last season. The last last two episodes. That's true. Yeah. It's if you you get to the second to last episode and there's a specific minute marker and you say, okay, now just watch this clip on YouTube. And then yep. it's like, wow, that's brilliant. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, I have one. Sometimes fandoms go extinct because of uh, urban legends, rumors, um, slap bracelets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Some kids slit their wrist with it. No, they didn't. <laughs> I remember those too. I had a bunch yeah, that's very true. Jelly bracelets. Jelly bracelets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think another big piece to think about too is again, um, creators constantly playing with their properties too much, never knowing when to say never. You know, like we can look at George Lucas to a point where it kind of drove some people nuts. You can look at people like J.K. Rowling and people go a little bit nuts, and you're saying it was kind of perfect the way it was and you didn't need to change people's memories of it and let it kind of just be um so jumping back to comedies um 
one of one that has gone extinct is something like Seinfeld because the humor is no longer relevant because socially we've changed so much that a lot of that humor does not hold up and it's just part of the past now. That's true. But remember when we had the Mel Brooks episode? Can you go back and watch the Mel Brooks? It's not extinct. You can. Yeah. But that humor is longer lasting. There's humor that's like it hit because it was relevant at that specific time. And then there's stuff like we still go back and read Shakespeare because things are lasting. Yep. Like there are things that are going to not go extinct for different reasons. And think uh, we had a group of us that watched Clue all together the other week. Clue yeah. is a movie that does not age because it's a period piece. It all hits because there's nothing in it that dates it outside of the time frame that it's meant to exactly. be in. But even still, they don't even specify when that is. You can still substitute parts in for current culture if you wanted to. So that that's one of the ways Simpsons has kept itself relevant throughout the years. Like the things they talk about are not quite timeless, but they have a very long lifespan. Mm-hmm. Um, versus something like a South Park which mm. dates itself after oh, a yeah. season or two. That's true. Well, not even a season or two. It's oh, usually... A week or two. I yeah, haven't watched a, South Park. Of I haven't in a long time. That was huge growing up, but it's not Well, really the reason being is they anymore. they make an episode... If something happens on Friday, they can have an episode because the way that they built their studio, they can have an episode that Sunday. Correct. Created, and that's the way that they do it. Like, the writers are built to go boom, boom, boom. And... And because while, they're, but they also know that they're dating themselves in the process of doing it, so it's yeah. okay. But um, going back off of thing, reasons why things go extinct, you had talked a little bit about this. You touched on it, which was comic book movies, super saturation. Mm-hmm. It gets to the point where fans go, "Enough!" Like I'm just, I'm, I'm exhausted. That's me. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and and if you become um, exhausted with it, and you can, that can actually. Like, make a bubble and it'll pop, and things die off very quickly that way. Um, I was you talked about magic. The reason why magic has lasted decades versus two or three years is because they pushed to not have these cards like on the resale market go for three, four hundred dollars. They just printed so many cards out to prevent that from becoming the thing that happens with them. You hear about like Pokemon cards that are like, that's a six hundred dollar Pokemon card because they only made four of them in the world whereas the guys who invented magic specifically went against that well yeah and they, and i mean they even said that they you know, the um types of tournaments that they're having and they they planned that said okay this tournament you got to use the most current cards so they guaranteed that if you want to continue to play magic and play it with these people that are playing this format you have to continue to have these current cards and you have to buy new stuff every year it's a business model that prints money, but at the same time, it it keeps things fresh. It keeps right, things keep right. rolling and consistent. Well, and they didn't and... just they didn't just say that for the the, the whole like format war you know, in terms of you know with the most current cards you have to play you know play with the most current cards. Even if you want to play with older cards, the newer cards are like more powerful, so that you want to replace the older stuff too. It's Besides, true. for you know your twenty thousand dollar Black Lotus, I'm shocked you haven't talked about gaming systems. <laughs> um, that's tricky though because I think it's electronics, but so it it's is a different gaming systems. Thing. I think can fall into that a little bit because really it's like you can say Sega. Sega is extinct as a hardware manufacturer, as a game publisher. No, no they're still very much alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean they're not the same thing that they used to be, but I mean like then you can say well Philips is a company, but Philips really wasn't Philips. Philips was also slightly Nintendo. It was also slightly Sega, and but it's. 
you know, the format wars were always so interesting when you watched it, but ultimately I do think though consoles in a general right now are in the endangered space as a whole. Yeah. I, everybody's expecting that the console generation that's about to hit us in 2020 is going to be the last true console generation. Like it's done. There's no reason to own a Nintendo switch, uh, a PS5 and a Xbox 720 or whatever the hell they choose to end up calling <laughs> this next, next round to go go around the Xbox 2 which the just Xbox makes me a plus yeah <laughs> <laughs> um you know you think companies like that would just think let's just call it an iPhone now you know we don't, yeah. why are we calling it the you know iPhone 10 you know but um i think once that hits i you know we will be talking about it in the same way but they're very much in that endangered space um because when you can just stream something the way that we're learning that we can stream everything like music and you can download a book and rent a book where, like, from things like overdrive.com, whatever it yeah. may be, there's no need to own something anymore if you can just have it delivered to you in an instance. So I think most of the way that we consume any media to begin with, if there was a pre-existing platform for it, it's going to all go away. It's because it's all going to be digital. So. I mean, in, in terms of physical media, yeah, I think physical media is an endangered kind of fandom, geekdom. But your, you know, gaming media, I, I don't think that's going to go out anytime soon. Well, I, I think you're, uh, you're like still going to have to the next generation. Like, think about an average console generation is eight years. Mm -hmm. Think about how quick our infrastructure changes between. OK, think about how long ago. Right. 3G is out there now. And 3G wasn't that long ago for people's phones. We're about to have 5G launch. That's going to be faster than most people's home Internet. So there's no reason that that's not going to be the case. We were in Iceland. In Iceland, they use pocket Wi-Fi, and that's better than some of the internet that I have here with fiber. And that was having a little thing about the size of your phone with a SIM card in it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's no reason that to say in 10 years, if we're not there in our in our country, something went horribly, horribly <laughs> wrong. So, and to be honest, like I said, most of our tech is all coming from the same place anyway. So, yeah. So building on the kind of uh, the physical format and the video game thing, Nintendo Power Magazine. And, <laughs> and phone tip lines both went away because everything started becoming more readily available using the internet. Nintendo Power is now a podcast. Is it? Mm -hmm. I did not know that. <laughs> what, Nintendo what, Power Podcast. What do they talk about? They have the some of the heads of Nintendo on and they talk about this is what's coming up soon and such and such and such. That's cool. Yep. Okay. Uh, I think it's European. So, but it's it's slightly less licensed by Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Fancy. As I talk into my Raven Raven Claw mic. So <laughs> Rob knows all the things. Oh wait, I've got a Hufflepuff mic. Woo! <laughs> oh, I got Gryffindor. Hey. hey. Um any other reasons we think things go into extinction? Um, I think there's a big thing with uh, a lot of trends, too, and it's that oversaturation. Piggy I'm piggybacking on the oversaturation thing Aaron was talking about, but, like, um, it's interesting because I think a lot of the big, you know, publishers or, um, you know, in Hollywood, when it gets oversaturated, they're like, no more of these at all. But it's, you know, they're not really leaving room for new iterations of it or independent ones and things like that so like vampires oh, thank you right? i was I just know, going I know. to say, say that oh my <laughs> god you I, read I was, my mind i was gonna say i was like i was like i think the two of you are about to both I probably speak up about books very heavily back 
I need them. Well, so they and are I need coming them back. Different than they, what they were. So, um, did you see the thing about um? I think it's V V Schwab. Yes. Yeah, she's doing a vampire series. Yay. So the thing is, and it's so funny because like you go through submissions and. You know, all publishers are like, no vampires ever, ever, there ever. There was a complete but- <laughs> and total kibosh put on them yes. for years. However, at the same point, in the independent scenes, like independent um, publishers and stuff like that, the smaller ones, they were continuing to release vampire fiction because it was popular and people liked it. Like, it just wasn't And you were talking about steampunk earlier, too, right? Steampunk about how is now a dead market verboten. in the... Yeah, in um, traditional publishing, it's a dead market. They will not accept it if you submit it. However, when you go to steampunk cons, there are still plenty of people super into steampunk because it has a cult following. Yes. So, to kind of piggyback off what you were saying with the, the owners of said content... Um, you, you, you wonder when these big conglomerates, I'm not going to name the mouse, but when they own <laughs> all the entertainment, they're going to want to change it to fit their needs and it may change ultimately that content to the point where the fans don't like it as much and they're going to want to make it so that they like it. And kind of talking, touching back to what we talked about before, these big corporations, when they own this product, they never want to let it go. Uh-huh. And Why do you think they're doing all those live-action remakes? I mean, it also has yeah. to do with copyright laws yeah. and right, the fact but- that they want to retain the IP, <laughs> but it's also that they, they want it in the consciousness of the public, and they want people to be thinking about it so that they don't go extinct. Well, mm-hmm. Disney Plus, they're like, hey, we're not going to have money, a vault money, anymore, money. so we need another reason for you to go back out to care about that same property again. Right. Yep. But the those same people are you know, stopping... Like any kind of like, like their old intellectual stuff from going into the public domain, where we see a lot of new and creative things happen. Please see Disney Part Two, (laughs) also airing on the Next Level Network. So, so are we saying we have to look to the mouse to see what the next big fandom is going to be? No, No. just for the next thing that's going to get purchased. Okay. Yeah. You have to look at like the keep a pulse on the independent scene, really, because that stuff is that's where it eventually gets plucked from. And then it, you know, what happens is, you know, eventually things come back around the in the big limelight because they're like, oh, a big person wants a big name wants to do it, so we're gonna let them do it because we know it'll make us money. Right, and unfortunately, once it does become popular, like now it's up to the mouse if we continue to have this deluge of superhero movies, or if That's maybe true. they finally or stop Star Wars. or Star yeah. Wars, and that is up to them you at this what? point. They- put out more Star Wars content than Lucas has over his whole career. Right. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Right. It was funny. I was I fell down a weird rabbit hole. Big shock. Yeah. Uh, and I was just kind of like looking at what was the first Star Wars thing filmed after Return of the Jedi. And I'm like, really? It was that much longer was Rebel Assault. The CG cutscenes from a CD based game in the mid 90s. Yep. It was the first thing filmed since 1983. Wow. It's crazy. I really hope that comic book movies don't go away, but we actually start getting those like independent comic book movies, like the trade paperback movies, like HBO is doing a Watchmen series. They're moving all to like TV and streaming. You have right. Umbrella Academy, yes, you have yep. Deadly exactly Class now, which was an image uh, title. There's a new one that oh. just yeah. started up on Amazon that is kind of another uh, series. I can't, can't remember the name of it, but it's basically like 
kind of think of the secret life of superheroes where it's very vulgar. It's about them having sex and all I these need, other things. And it's Carl Urban, I think, is the lead in that. I need to so know the title of this because it's been referenced a couple <laughs> times in the past week and I don't know what it is. Tick. The tick's out there, too. Yeah, the tick, yes. the tick is but, amazing. Yeah. Why the last man has been thrown around for uh, so many canceled. years now. It's still oh, not going to happen. I'm so sorry. disappointed. I loved why. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah no it's it's kind of funny when you kind of look at that but yeah it's it's true the, the, the it'll mouse, go back into the going indie back field the again yeah, yeah there are rumors of Rocketeer too there <laughs> uh, yes but it's going to be I think a Disney Plus series yes uh yeah it's okay we have plenty of content still for Disney episode three <laughs> yep don't worry but that's the thing after it gets you know burnt out in the popular people still do want certain themes and things so like superheroes are never going to leave but. Again, it's going to then switch to indie creators to continue that lifeline. So then, when it gets big again, you know, well, like I said, carry the torch. We're for a still while. in phase three. The epilogue of Star uh, of Phase Three is not done yet. That's what? homecoming. Homecoming is oh. essentially the yeah. oh. Spider. No, Far From Home. Far from uh, home. Spider Man oh, Far, Far From, from home. home is the end. I mean, of this. so they could squeeze that twenty fourth film. It says Endgame. In my head, that's Endgame. <laughs> that's done. It's that's, there. That's preposterous. <laughs> you don't like and books? I do like epilogues and books sometimes if it's necessary. If it's well, unnecessary, I mean, then you cut the epilogue. I mean, we're getting a Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy 3 because you have to deal with that stuff. But, but that's phase four. I don't have to, is though. The no thing idea. is, I don't have to. I'm like, it's done. I'm I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm mind, good. I'm, I'm like, good. I'm content. I do this with books too, though. I get to the point where I want to finish the series, and when I'm like, I did that with um Terry Pratchett's, uh, not Terry Pratchett's, um Terry Goodkind's, uh, sort of truth series sort of the truth yeah i got to book four got to a point that i liked at the end and i'm like i think there were like how many books in the series it's still going oh my god <laughs> so whatever <laughs> i just stopped <laughs> and i'm like i'm happy here and everybody lived I'm happily done ever after. yeah and in my mind i'm done <laughs> i'm like cool it's a good book to end on <laughs> it was it was a really good ending i liked it <laughs> um any last ones that we want to talk about here uh if not why don't we take a break um then when we come back we can actually talk about the biggest extinct geekdoms we can think of so Sweet. uh so with that we'll be back in just a few So now I guess uh, we can kind of dive into some of the biggest extinct geekdoms we can think of, and we can throw into this some of the other categories we talked about, because I know that's a conversation that started happening while we were getting ready to come back in. So again, just a quick reminder, again, those title geekdoms, endangered geekdoms, uh, cult followings, and then extinct ones. So, But just make sure whatever you bring up to make sure you kind of classify it so people don't break, hey, that's not actually extinct, or, you know, just makes life easier for everybody else. Um so is there any that, like I said, um, 
big ones that people can think of offhand. And kind of when we talk about these, because we want to break these down a little bit more, why we feel that those actually died. That are like um, hardcore deadsies. Yeah, like for especially the extinct ones, why they, we feel they died off. Do we think they're going to have a chance to return? Do we miss them? Things like that. So, um, Fish, it seemed like you had something kind of... Mel Brooks movies. They, they've kind of gone away because there aren't any new ones being made. Um, a lot of the old ones are kind of inappropriate anymore. Uh, you know, and you find it hard to watch them in sometimes. Uh, but just in general, it feels like, and I realize he's still a great storyteller. He's still a great comedian. I watched a comedy special on him last year. I, um, but he hasn't put out any new movies. So it kind of feels like that whole idea of him making any more movies has gone away. Well, I mean, he's also in his 90s, yeah. and <laughs> but he, he's probably enjoying his retirement, and Broadway is a great way to make money. Right. So, I mean, to, to care of Mike, I mean, just that his style of spoof is just never seen again. Like, we've seen spoof movies, which are right. just bad. But then his style of spoof, it's almost a movie unto itself that can survive on its own you don't need to mm-hmm. see all the pop culture references to get the spoof of the movie you can watch Spaceballs, and it's like a fun movie to watch i actually saw Spaceballs before i ever saw star wars <laughs> <laughs> and it still made sense to me <laughs> and but i agree with mike like his style of movie and that type of movie is I don't know if we'll ever see something like that again. Well, I don't know if it needs to actually be currently out, though. It's a mad... I think that will be a wait and see, because I don't know if, like... It depends on the next generations. If they were to see a Mel Brooks movie and still find it funny, then that's honestly the accurate gauge, whether or not there's new content. Because there's stuff that came out before I was born that stopped being produced before I was born that is still relevant, whereas there's stuff that is definitely not and has fallen off the wagon. That's uh, fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I we had a conversation a while back when we talked about Mel Brooks. So like, can can these movies still be made? We all walked away from the conversation. Absolutely, they can still one hundred percent be made. Um, no one's ever going to do them like him because there's only one Mel Brooks. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. But somebody else out there can create something that has just as much impact and lasting appeal. Um, you know, Blazing Saddles, I think, was the big one that we talked about really heavily. Where I was on the opposite side of that, but after we've talked about it more and more and more, I was like, no, I actually understand where people are coming from that, yeah, this is totally doable. But I think, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a downside that it's not being made currently and we don't have anything quite like it. Right. I mean, that the one is thing a we can see, I think, though. I think it's uh, not quite dead in the water because people are still actively watching and talking about his movies. Okay. If it wasn't, like, what's something that is completely... Well, I mean, like, like, honestly, one of the things, like, you guys, you brought up game consoles. You think about what's being created now. It's the people that are in their mid-30s that are game developers now are playing or making games that were created from, like, the 8-bit and 16-bit era. So you're going to have people probably very soon that grew up with Mel Brooks' movies that are going to be like, one of them is going to make it big and say, hey, I really love Mel Brooks. So this is my kind of movie that's. Mel Brooks. I'm keeping my fingers crossed there. Me too. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. We don't really have that kind of satire in the mainstream media right now. Well, I think it's also, it happens in all, ultimately, the times that need them the most. And I think we're on that precipice of having a culture that needs that again. And I think where you're going to have, like, 
disaster films went out of vogue in the late, well, early 70s um, originally. And then sci-fi became a big thing because people didn't want to think about Vietnam. You know, so I think we're going to be on the precipice, things like that again. Um, Like, I think one that's pretty dead is The Matrix. It's still brought up once in a while, but it doesn't have nearly. What's up? Do you disagree? Well, I agree. Okay. The reason I thought about The Matrix is because yesterday there was a news report that there is is potentially a new Matrix movie about to be made and not by the Wachowskis. Oh, that's crazy. And everybody's like, oh, please just don't do it. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> so. Just let it be. It was it was a thing back when it came out, and it was huge. But, like, nobody really talks about it anymore at all. The only times I think it was, like, it was brought up, like, occasionally to dissect in a college class, but I was also in college a while ago. So that's, uh, <laughs> I don't think they're going to still be bringing that up. Um, One of the ones for me, too, we talked about this a little while ago when we talked about cartoons, but Saturday Morning Cartoons. Uh, are very much an extinct geekdom. Um, you know, we think about them uh, in that same light. Where, like I said, it's something a lot of people miss. That was a that was a part of a culture of growing up. Whereas you got up early, you six hour block of cartoons, cartoons. on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like you grabbed your overly sugary cereal. You were still wearing your pajamas, and you just parked on the couch or the den or whatever you were doing, and then just you just consumed, and that was your job. Um, whether it's sugar and and Bad infomercials, basically, and PSAs on cartoons, but um, but uh, that's that's something that once cable was such a huge thing, there was no need for it anymore. So, yeah, and on demand and streaming services, yeah, makes it even more so. Yeah, like, absolutely. It was sit down and watch you a do six that hour whenever. six hour block of cartoons, and now you're like, yeah. I can do that anytime I want. Yeah, Netflix. my nephew so. knows how to work the on demand better than I do. He'll tell me what to watch. Oh, um, something, something we talked about that's definitely in the title phase was westerns. Um, mm-hmm. They definitely have an ebb and flow where they they come forward. They There's a great western that comes out. Everybody loves it. Big Sky and dies away. And it comes back and dies away. We Brokeback Mountain was like a adult yeah. western. Yeah, um, but that it was, was much... that was big when it came out though. Yeah, well we had we had three ton of Yuma. We had. Yeah. Um, you know, yes. Brokeback and, Mountain, we had... Um, but it does go down really hard when yeah. it does. Yeah. It's, it goes I, I, but I mean, what, I'm, what I'm saying is definitely what I think is very much in a down phase. And it may fill that void of superhero movies, <laughs> comic book movies. I would be in. all about that because uh, I consistently love Westerns. But I do know, like, Westerns tend to have that cult following. So, very like, much. it's it's no different. Like, Firefly is a Western. It's a space Western. Um, and I was talking about Winona Earp is a paranormal Western. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you like mash up the genres, you do tend to get a lot more of that launch. Oh, yeah, it keeps going. So we're going to have a superhero Western is what you're telling us? Probably. Well, actually, no. Yeah, we had Joan Hex already before. In the past. Yeah, that was uh, not a very but like, hey. well, um, that's actually a good question, though, because like we talk about the superhero bubble bursting eventually. Yeah. But the other question is, will it? Because, or will it fall in that endangered category? Because technically you have something like Guardians of the Galaxy is a sci-fi movie and kind of a comedy. Yeah, but I, I was going to bring this up in a minute, but like independent sci-fi movies, anything that's not yeah. Star Wars or already an IP like Guardians of the Galaxy, they don't do well. People aren't making them It's because they try to make anymore. horror movies. That's true mm-hmm. too. <laughs> you, and, true. and you have to get to the China market. Also, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you, you pan, they're pandering to China now. 
Well, so, I, like, a sci-fi movie or a, a hit sci-fi TV show, I haven't seen those in quite a while. I watched yeah. two recently that were pretty good. Um, Source Code and... I enjoyed Source Code. I'm trying to think of what the other one was. Well, I know, like, The Expanse was massive. And there was it, a huge... Expanse was a That's very true. good sci-fi. I did hear awesome things again. about it. I have not seen it yet. I mean, we talked about Westworld. It's it's yeah. that's very much a sci-fi movie. Like yeah, it's a sci-fi, or a sci-fi show. It's true and true. It's a class. It's a very much a sci-fi western. Westworld. Um. Well, yeah. No, I mean, like I said, I would. You're right. It's it's tricky when you get into those categories because you want to see those things succeed, but at mm-hmm. the same time, they're Hard they're kind of on the endangered species them. list unless it's something that blows mm-hmm. up in a big way and another medium first before it kind of gets a chance. Bill. Bill I don't really know. I, I mean, I think the thing with movies is that it's tough, especially in this golden age of television that we have right now, or platinum age, or whatever you want to call it, um, that everybody's watching stuff on Netflix and Hulu and HBO Go and soon Disney Plus, where you're going to be able to see an entire series and be able to sit down and say, okay, I want to watch a series today. And you watch the whole entire series in one sitting. And you watch 13, 14 hours of it, and it can tell a much more expansive story than a two and a half hour movie can. Or, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say a three hour movie because that three hour movie that is all on the top of our minds is, uh, <laughs> was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's I think, a good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, you think about it though, like we go to movies not to take a chance on the drama or the comedy too much anymore, and we kind of expect yeah. Netflix to provide that instead for mm-hmm. us nowadays. It's mm-hmm. not. You know, if The Hangover 1 was out now, do you think everybody would be running to the theater probably yeah. now versus when it came out originally? Because Netflix streaming wasn't a thing when the first Hangover came out. Right. That's a good point. I mean, like, Tag came out and a couple of people that saw it were like, hey, this was really fun. But everybody's like, that's nice. But it didn't get like yeah. a big... I'll wait until yeah. it's on Netflix. Exactly. Yep, that's yep, that's yep. the statement everybody makes. It's like, oh, it's really good. You know what? But I'll wait till Plex. I'll wait till Netflix. I'll wait for... Yeah. 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 I'll wait for VOD, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. It'll be neat to see what goes on with movies. It's funny because thinking about the next movies that I want to see, you know, since the most recent movie I just saw was Endgame. Yeah. Um, Detective Pikachu, because it just seems like, a you know, quick, but said it's adorable, quick, fun romp through the world of Pokemon. And um, I can't remember the name, but it's the. I don't know if it's the Fast and the Furious universe. Oh, no. Uh, no, it's Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Yes. What? So it's got... It's got. It's the only one that I would actually probably see because I saw the trailer. I'm like, that looks great. And it doesn't seem like I need to do anything about this universe. It's, it, it's, it's got the, the Rock, Rock and Jason Statham basically being just idiots to with yeah. each other. And, and, and it's got Idris Elba. And uh, it just looks like stupid action fun yeah like, but it's not like hey we're gonna make this all about the cars right. which it hasn't been probably since the first one and that's what but, i want i think that's what i want to go see when i go to see a movie i don't yeah. want to try to see a the big bombastic stuff story like you know i'll take my story in easy manageable one hour chunks at home that makes sense i get that well you know what i mean like you think about like some of the big heavy hitters that we're talking about still to come this year, like probably everybody at this table will most likely see Aladdin. We'll probably most likely see the Lion King. We'll most likely see Star Wars, you know, like those are big deals. And then we all realize, oh crap, we're giving a lot more money to Disney. Um, I'm actually as much of a Disney fan as I am. I'm not going to see Aladdin or the Lion King in theaters. 
I just don't want to do it. I don't need to do it. I have the Aladdin. I have Aladdin and the Lion King. Aladdin, I feel like they could make good and better. The Lion King just looks like a shot for shot. And I don't know what I'm going to get that's different out of an Aladdin remake. Or sorry, the Lion Lion King King. remake. Right. But that's the way I thought about Beauty and the Beast. And I ended up watching the live action Beauty and the Beast. I'm like, this was really good. And it added some shift to it a bit i don't know i feel like for me with the lion king since it's not actually a live action remake it's it is cg it's not like it's live action i don't really need to see lion king i would be more inclined to see aladdin because it would be a nice it would be nice to see an updated version of that because yes agreed when it was like the framework of when it was made is outdated (laughs) since since the lion king is just really like kind of like a cg shot for shot remake they got James Earl Jones. Why didn't they get Jeremy Irons again to play Scar? Like, right? why didn't they get Whoopi Goldberg to be one of the hyenas? Like, and then they say because that's just the same movie, right? That's what exactly. You're doing. Yeah, that's what you're already doing. Yep. Like, Timon and Boomba. Seriously. All right. So we in the James Earl Jones contract. <laughs> uh, so it's true. So we have shifted into episode our preview of episode three of the, the Disney episode. So. Um, <laughs> Which is not planned for 2019, still on our, our schedule. Uh, so we'll we'll put that pin in, uh, put a pin in those. So um, so any other massive extinct geekdoms we can think of, or trends and fads? Because I mean, again, we're talking a lot more about geekdoms than we actually are trends um, too. And I think that's where so vampire was the big one. Yes, yeah. we were just vampire discussing books. because well, I think what about slasher films? That got, like, oh, I was thinking about that slasher films. Slasher did movies. take a hiatus. Like, have there been any new monster movies? Godzilla's coming out. Right, but, but that's like, <laughs> but Godzilla's <I'm>, established <laughs> is what I'm saying. But I'm like, talking about like, were... think about like in the 80s where like we have Pumpkinhead, you know, like was a random thing. Like, or I mean like all the, uh, you know, like yeah. Trick or Treat was the last monster, new monster I could think of. I feel like yeah. a lot of the monster and horror movies that? that are coming out are just reboots. Mid-2000s? A lot of them are reboots. What about the Mothman prophecies? Mm. Does that count? I... That was also mid-2000s. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But I mean, like um, mid two thousand, you still had things like the relic, and like oh, that true. was like when like the end of the slasher genre died with like the seventh. I know what you did last summer and the sixth <laughs> yeah. scream film yeah. and like all those things. And but I mean, I'd like, like to see that. But it mean, like if they dive into that again, I would love an, to a, see a slasher it. again. But a qu- the question that we just brought up a little bit ago does a place a film series like that have a place in the theater anymore? And that's I mean, you uh, hope they do. You would really hope. They I have do a like the iterations that have transitioned to TV. Um, with that, because the Scream TV series was actually really good. But that was kind of a murder mystery, though, the same as like Riverdale. It was, but that worked really well. It still was a fl- it still but hit it still all slasher. the slasher notes. Though. Yeah, it, did. it was still a tr- it, was it was just still longer. The, followed the tropes because was... when it goes longer, it just turns more. You know, it's well, more of a mystery instead of condensed. That series long. comes back this fall. Does it really? Mm-hmm. It's the new story. Oh, <gasps> uh, okay. It's the new story, new cast. Um, starts off this fall, I believe. But I think that's another one. Horror movies are going to be tougher and tougher in theaters too because it's they're shorter, um, and it's like dramas and um, comedies. And I would actually beg to differ. Where, yeah. Because again, because the cost of a horror film in most horror films is a lot lower cost for a production company like somebody like a Lionsgate or like oh, a Ghost House Pictures. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. the reason why there were like four thousand paranormal activity movies because oh each of those God. movies basically cost nothing to make right. that's fair <laughs> that's the reason why saw was so cheap and they could stuff. turn them over and insidious is on like chapter four or whatever it, it, oh it is but it's because those they really don't have a high cost i would love if the found footage ones went extinct 
Well, most, I know, of, they those, most of those kind won't. of most of them have kind they? of have. Can like, they? But Insidious's <laughs> Insidious's the trend that's going on right I now. I don't know which that is, one. That's like Annabelle with the creepy doll, and uh. then uh, there was the one with the nun. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was the other big one recently. But they were all part of that same universe, so they kind okay. of achieved a horror cinematic universe. But it was through multiple things that were interconnected in a way. So, um. From a business perspective, I feel like a lot of these movies that these production companies are putting out, they're really trying to hit international markets. And the big problem you yeah. have with any of these horror movies, horror movies actually tend to be very like central cultural to that society. Like, yes. What we find as a scary or horror right. uh-huh. may not transition well to Which Europe Which is why you see... China. That's very true. And I, I, all I'm just saying is the reason why I think we used... Like, America used to be the market to be in. And yeah. so you could have these slash films, and they only had to work domestically, and they could make a ton of money, mm-hmm. and these co- these companies would produce them, and that's great. Nowadays, like they have to hit international markets. American yeah. market's just not strong well, enough. And, and that's very things true. like Insidious, though, they do jack all over overseas. But I mean, again, because it's such a low cost, though, they don't have to. They they have a couple, three or four good weeks. They made their money because again. Essentially, yeah. now what it is from the handful of I mean, people who I mean, saw cost them. Like making a movie has definitely gone up over the years. Like just my god, like yeah. paying people in America is expensive, and if you're going to be in America and you're going to shoot an American style film, an American style slasher film, you're going to have this is your market. Um, like those kinds of things have definitely from a business perspective, and and I hate to say it, but sometimes those things do influence like the fads and cultures. They don't yeah. do well with ratings, and so the networks drop them. And sometimes the geeks and the fans carry them. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, think about we talk about monster movies and slasher films. And, like, one of the things that's about to come back is they're rebooting Child's Play completely from from scratch. Um, Mark Hamill is the voice of Chucky. Like, they – and it's weird to think that. But, I mean, like, you're like, well, it makes sense. He's a really good voiceover artist. But, like, they realized, well, the established franchises are the ones that are going to be able to do okay. And they were yeah. smart bringing in a well-known name. And yeah. they're going to bring yeah. Luke Skywalker in to voice the character because people know he's the Joker. He's, he, he can mm-hmm. do all of these things. But you know the moment that like they hit Friday the 13th and it just does just right at the right time, that will be a franchise again. You know, when Nightmare on Elm Street, they do the reboot and get it to the way that they want it to be and it can be a franchise again. Those things are going to blow up. So... And Katz is kind of like, no. Hey, the <laughs> Friday the 13th to. reboot that they did was phenomenal. It was good, but it's just, again, I would love to see new things. And I would, I know too. they're not going to. But, but it'd be really nice. The newer horror, like the best horror I've seen in the past, like, five years or so was things like Trick or Treat or Krampus, where they actually pushed the envelope and they did brand new things. Yeah. You know? That I mean, it was a very small release and things like that, but it was just it was different. It was really fascinating. That on Netflix, you know, like I said, yeah. Stranger <laughs> Things, sci-fi and horror. Yep. Done, yeah, done. Yeah. That was really well done too. Oh my yeah. god, absolutely. Um, any other big ones that we can think of, or any of the ones that fall in the other categories that we feel that are worthwhile to bring up? Dystopian went pretty extinct. It hit hard and then mm-hmm. fell really quickly. You had Hunger Games, you had The Maze Runner, 
Um, a lot of them were based off of YA properties. Because it's too real now. It got, yeah, yeah too, right? Too it real. got too real too fast. <laughs> it's too real and no Whoops. one wants to read it right now because they're like, oh, I want to escape, not be in reality. <laughs> well, you think about how many people talked about like The Handmaid's Tale and yep, talked about like yeah, The Man in the High Castle and people were like, no thanks. Can't. Right. I'm good. No, hard pass. Can't do it. Yeah, like we started watching too Handmaid's real. Tale. And I, I read the book recently. Yep. We started watching it. We we did not finish the first season. No. For me, I'm like, it's too real. I want to escape in my fiction. Yeah, I can't deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, okay, why don't we move into the next point then? It's like, what about the fads that we think are about to become endangered or actually go full-on extinct? Like, where there's just no saving them. Um, and what are they? Why and when uh, do we think? And is there any that you want to see this happen? Kat, go ahead. <laughs> Rob's like, if you say superheroes again. No, that's what you're going to say. I'm just saying. It's it's endangered into the tidal wave. It's never going to go away completely. But I do think it's time for it to take a step down. And it'll go and do things in the indie scene. And that'll be awesome. We'll get some new stuff. And I'll dig it in that way. I think we just need a breath from I mean, I think it's hit its peak formula. at this point. You know, Absolutely. it's hit that crest. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be on its way down. I mean, you're going to see that. Probably starting at Spider-Man, you're going to see the gross of that versus Homecoming oh, yeah. is going to be a, a fraction. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're going to be like, oh, and then they're going to realize, and they're, they, and Chris, they just put a release date on the next three Star Wars films, yep. uh, which starts in December 2022. Because mm-hmm. they were like, they even said, we're going to put a pin in this and not make this a yearly thing because they know that they're going to kill a franchise if they yep. do it. Yep, right. right. You need to give it a, like, so. a breather, you know? I still don't think that Black Widow movie they keep trying to make is going to Oh, my God. No. They well, keep it make sense it's anymore. going to, and it would have been great 10 years ago when people were asking for it, and now I think it's going to just flop, even if they continue forward with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, a lot of those things just don't make sense anymore at this point. Like, it's time, like, they need to move on to their new characters and all right. these things at this point. Like... Or just move on to something new. That's crazy talk. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so nuts. More <laughs> live action remakes. <laughs> Why something live new? Live action remake everything. Why something Including new when you can live print action monies? <laughs> live action Care Bears. <laughs> I actually would like to see that that nightmare. I would build well, trip. Think about think about live action Care Bears. It's it <laughs> would be like Detective Pikachu. Would, would they be. use like, real bears? I'd rather see like grizzly bears, a little like emblems <laughs> on their toes. That's, that's what I'm talking about. And then like, watch that movie. And rainbow shoots out. It's That'd like, be really cute. <laughs> make that a can you imagine? Movie. Can you imagine a really pissed off grizzly bear in a little cloud car? That would just make my day. That'd be so cute. <laughs> make it a slasher movie where the bears just like maul everybody. And then they're like, the Care Bear cousins just just rabid like raccoons like rooting through a trash can for I an mean, hour. There were like <laughs> lions in the Care Bear cousins. I can get grizzly pretty quick. <sighs> so that'd be a Show. showdown, like the big old yeah. grizzlies and like a oh bunch of lions and like elephants, and elephants and stuff. And cousins all... versus the Care Bears. <laughs> the bears are all like just out. In the... No Battle guys, of the guys, wild. hey, look, they're really cute. I think they're about to do the Care Bears stare, and then it just goes off screen. You just hear screaming and just <laughs> yeah. Uh, you see blood splatters see on that. the camera. <laughs> That's what we just need to do an episode of at one point in time. It's just like we talked about like weird remakes, like at, like doing horror, like movie remakes with Muppets. We just need to talk about like take a single topic and then say we're all. It's just a remake episode. But what we do is every ten minutes, just bring the bell. And some, we pull from a hat what the <laughs> remakes have to be done in this style. That would oh be fun. And everybody just calls a movie and then keeps remaking it in a new style. 
that would be right. perfect. Yep. Coming soon. <laughs> but I will say with like Detective Pikachu, like that hit it really well on the cute factor. However, like I don't know if you guys have seen the shots of like the Sonic one. I saw the trailer. Oh, yeah, that's I was gonna say. I was gonna say nightmare fuel. Sonic the Hedgehog. Nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> this is how they are Boy. murdering Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> like, and that's the point. Is like a lot of that stuff. It just won't translate well. So like, let's not CG everything. I just don't know mm-hmm. how they missed necessary. the mark so oh, very it's hard. Those teeth. Bad. Those teeth are so bad. Well, so much so that they're going back and redoing the character from scratch. I yep. saw a I lot of artists who drew over <laughs> the stills, and it looked a thousand times better. Yeah. I feel bad for the people who have to work overtime now, though. Oh my gosh, right? Because it still That's has a, a marketing deadline and yes, a release date for all markets. It's yeah, but that stuff's in trouble. Mm-hmm. That's not hard to animate. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> like but it's yeah, no, Sonic's definitely film. endangered. Actually, you know what? I have a good question for you guys. It's true. <laughs> you know, we talk about like things that are endangered or extinct. What about things that are already out? Like just dead. Things that would like, be extinct. Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm saying in a different way. Like okay. say for example, we talk about like Clue. We talked about how like it's a timeless movie. Yeah. Um and because it's not dated and we go back and we even say like say for example, like because we'll use like Harry Potter and Star Wars as really good examples. Okay. Um as I look at Jess and Mike. Yeah. You know. um, <laughs> but, you know, like, let's actually, you know, let's actually take uh, Harry Potter and uh, the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, a movie that's been made quite a many years ago at this sure. point in time. Sure. Um, do you think people will not be able to go back and watch those things because of the dated CG effects? And do you think we're going to have a laundry list of movies now that happened from the mid-1990s until mid-2000s that are going to basically be lost to time because of dated practical effects. I think it or CG depends. Effects, I think effects. Harry Potter is closer to that happening than, say, the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, and it was just the way they dealt with the CGI versus practical effects. I'm sure people have a lot to say, and I know catch chomping at the bit over here. So <laughs> <laughs> um, with Harry Potter, I think part of it that is putting it on a skew, because if you just, if they let it be as it was like i don't think things are like things can go on even if they don't have new content coming out if people are just continuing to introduce new generations to them and like harry potter as it was those seven books like the movies were good like they did a good job with them but then like as it continues people start like i know like the last um the Grindelwald movie was like uh, that was really divisive, and a lot of people were like I'm not going to watch him anymore. I haven't seen and it, and a lot I haven't seen it either. Uh, and I did not go to put, see it. It's the first Harry Potter thing I haven't yeah. that I was not on top of. Same here. But then when you get something bad from a series like that, it can put a damper on. With the Grindelwald movie, yeah. The problem that I, I had it, with it was uh, more that it was like parts of a movie that were jammed together. Mm. Yeah. To make a movie rather than playing out a four hour movie, they cut out like half the movie mm. and made a two hour movie. So it felt kind of gappy. It very much felt gappy. Yeah. There were scene jumps where two people were in a room together and then suddenly they're on a roof talking to somebody else. Yeah. And you're like, well, and like there was the no transition mom. here. What happened? Oh my God, that'd be really annoying. It, it, <laughs> it's how I felt. And, yeah. then, and then the ending is just, there's supposed to be another rest of the movie after the ending 
But oh I understand that it's supposed to be lead into the next movie, but it they is, shouldn't have ended. But if it that they lose way. a lot of people midway through, then you run the risk of it just tapering off. And the problem is, if you have you know negative like people go that and they're like, oh, I didn't like that, then they might be less inclined to go back and revisit the series because the last thing they ended with was a, you know, left a bad taste in their mouth. Well, I'm I'm, I'm saying this though more to get back to the original point, like a new film that right. has CG that looks believable right versus something that is you look at it where we go back and think of the 1977 star wars and like look at the out the thick black outlines around all these things and you're like well, that's cle- clearly bad practical effects or I've whatever actually maybe. or talk to people who will not watch anything made before 1990 yeah and so that's okay. that's why i have this question is because does that eliminate almost a full generation of films for people it definitely does um, I disagree a little, just because um, I didn't see the Star Wars movies growing up, and so I didn't see them till I was in high school, and I'm usually in that camp where I get kind of like, oh, this sucks. But I'm not just talking about the Star Wars, okay. though. I'm, I'm talking- but I'm just saying, like, when I went back and saw that, even though things were dated, it the story was good enough that I was willing to, like, roll with it. You right, know what but, I mean? But I've actually talked to people who refuse to watch anything made right. before the 1990s because Why? they can't stand the film production quality. Oh. They don't care about the story at all. Weird. They just care about how it looks. Yeah. So, yes, there are people who who will lose it. Jess, you had something to say, and then I'm going to jump. Yeah, I just think I'm going to be intrigued to see how things that are made, have been made in the past decade and going forward, will hold up in the future. Because. To, to give you an example, we started watching Battlestar Galactica again recently, and oh, it's one of my favorites, yeah. and I would kind of oh, I adore that show. Which yeah. count that the new. The newer, the newer. BSG. The newer. Yeah, yeah, the new BSG. Mid, yeah, late, yeah, I like that So one. like mid-2000s, mid I've too. honestly never seen the original, um, but I love <laughs> I the mid-2000s series, which is now kind of extinct, but you can obviously tell that it was a very early 2000s production Ooh. with the CGI I'll and have to the go back, hairstyles I... and just the whole yeah. aesthetic screams this was made in 2004. Oh, that's like Buffy. Right, exactly. So 90s. <laughs> I think the reason I think about this stuff a little bit very heavily is like going back and like think about like episode one. Like when you look at a CG creature in like Jar Jar Binks. Job of the Hut, even in even in the special edition, the special edition. Like when you look at like, oh, that looks like somebody did like a cartoon in the middle of this movie, and you're like, yeah. my brain just doesn't. It's not even an uncanny valley thing. It is just that's a cartoon. Right. That's not even a CG effect in your mind. You have an entire generation of films like this. Like Escape yeah. from L.A. is almost unwatchable because there's a lot of CG in that movie <laughs> at a time where CG wasn't really at that precipice yeah it's cheaper to do so a lot of people did that yeah there's a whole realm of sci-fi that happened in the mid 90s and horror in that mid generation that you go back now and you're like that's unwatchable and it's bad and it's really bad and that's why i'm kind of curious is do you do we not it's is the that extinction level happened to a whole generation of film because there's so many big budget companies that did i guess i just see that so this is where the big guys can help um, because they can take a film like Harry Potter movies, which they love and makes money and they want to keep it alive and remaster it. That's and a valid fix point. Yeah. Any kind of like cartoony thing. But the thing is that like, they you tried to do that to star Wars and there were almost riots. <laughs> you know, like, but, but if you just fix 
Like the it's it's the little things, not redoing an entire scene. It's this Empire Strikes Back special edition versus the Return of the Jedi right. and New Hope. Empire Strikes Back is perfect because they only modify it, things. It, it enhanced uh, the visual right. of it versus exactly. altered. Don't the story. add scenes. They yeah. added they yeah. added a scene. It's not yeah. it's not the ET release on DVD right. where <laughs> the cops are holding walkie talkies versus the guns that they were holding. Like right. something looks off. <laughs> Well, keep, keep the guns. It's fine. It was appropriate for the. It was what it was at the time. It's yeah. Fine. Yeah. But make the effects so they're less cartoon. Well, that's a good question though for everybody. Like you said, yeah. if we, if we, let's say for the but sake I'm of argument, only though, the big guys can do that. But I know. But I'm saying, like, for the sake of argument, let's say we all agree that okay, let's say from 1994 to 2001, that all all films practically can't be watched had CG effects. Let's say we all just agree to that randomly. <laughs> If all of the these studios like Warner Brothers and Universal and Disney all said, we're going to go back, we're going to hire this big budget company that is the ones doing all of our films now to go back, all of the actors' roles look perfectly normal. We haven't changed and done anything. All we did was we went back and redid all of those effects work. Do you think people would be say, everything's awesome and great? Or do you think people will lose their minds? I would Probably have to see lose it. their minds. <laughs> if it's twenty years later, it'd be a re-release special edition, and yeah, they'll make a much. ton of money off of it. And yeah. they'll have just that kind of just. I'm thinking of Harry Potter specifically, where they're trying to extend this world longer and longer, and they're investing heavily into the parks. And there's a great following with it. People really enjoy it. They get into it. They talk about the houses they belong to. Mm-hmm. So all these things that that help support that. It is a great. That is a really good example of one where you could re-release a movie yeah. to be, that people would be like, I'm buying it. Because now all the things that I were like, it's so 19 or 2000, whatever, um, they, that you can kind of see it again. But some movies are like, yes, let it let it stay in your mm-hmm. vault. Let it die. It, it wasn't really good then. Re-releasing mm-hmm. it with better effects won't make the movie any better. Again, instead of re-releasing, they can just bring out some new movies. Well, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I haven't seen Sorcerer's Stone in a while, so I would kind of have to go back and see because they were also came out over the span of over a decade. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we move on to our next point? Because, like I said, we have a couple other small ones I want to get to, uh, but I think this next one will be pretty short. So, yeah, uh, I called this next little bit like "Return of the Living Fad." And what is one that you would like to see come back and become bigger than ever? Can, this can be as ridiculous as you want it to be, but it has to be something that's already existed at this point in time. So, whether this is an extinct geekdom or a fad or trend, so. your Jenko pants. Jenko pants. <laughs> <laughs> I want them too, not to wear out in public, but just to be comfortable. Just to be comfortable. Or- orbits. Hmm? Orbits. Orbit soda? Yep. Bring back orbit soda. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of want PB Chris back too. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. They brought back Crystal Pepsi. I had a sip of that and I'm like, I remember why this went bad. <laughs> Aaron, do you have one? you got to come back to me. I can't okay. Think Anybody else? Comment. I want to go with Tamagotchis that aren't on your phone. Ah, oh, well, guess yeah. what? You'll be happy to know that they actually just had an ad campaign starting today. And Ooh. your Tamagotchi and Kat's Tamagotchi, if you put them near each other, they will breed. Neato. Aww, and they are single screen. babies. And they're not on phones, right? They are not on phones. They are still egg-shaped and they still have buttons. Yes. Aww. That's pretty cool. Kat. I want to see more movies with puppets. Because they are more timeless and do not have the CG tests. If you look at all, like, the, a lot of the 80s films can actually still be, you know, like Labyrinth and things like that. Practical they were so effects. Many, 
practical effects do a great job. Like you Jurassic can enhance Park. them absolutely. Look at the new Star Wars. There was really a well. lot of practical effects in the new yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, and it was really nice to mm-hmm. see. I'm a huge fan of practical effects. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Jess, Aaron, only think of food right now. You can, you can, you can bring up <laughs> food trends. You can totally bring up foods that are no longer with I don't us know today. If you can still get them. I want Dunkaroos back, you guys. Oh, I remember those. <laughs> you can still get yeah. Dunkaroos. Dunkaroos were really oh, good because yeah. they were delicious. Are gushers still still a thing? Gushers, yes, I think are gushers still a thing. I bought fruit by oh the God. foot a couple weeks ago. Oh my gosh, I haven't had that. In it was years. insane. I think Dunkaroos are still a thing, are and they? you can still uh, get them. I don't think in the U.S. I don't US. know if you, we can get I them think, in the U.S. Aww. I think they're done in the U.S. You can get them um, on Amazon. <laughs> I, it's no one's going to remember them at this table, but Keebler used to make something called pizzerias. They were they were chips that tasted yep. actually like pizza. Weird. Like it wasn't like Doritos. Like this is nacho, and you're like, no, this is not. <laughs> um, it's still really good, and it tastes like the wonderfulest thing in the world. But yeah, pizzerias actually tasted like pizza. Like the cracker actually tasted like dough, and then oh the powder tasted actually like cheese and sauce. That's it was creepy, weird. super creepy. <laughs> what is the status of Dunkaroos, sir? Dunkaroos are still available in Canada. <gasps> Oh, they were discontinued in 2012. It's like um, Mountain Dew um, Pitch Black is still available in Canada, mm-hmm. but only there. So, so Canadian Road Trip for uh, Dunkaroos. Oh, they're available in the oh, U.S. now. Kinder saw... Eggs? Yeah, yeah, they're they're called Kinder Joys here. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but with the actual like little tiny toys in we them. We saw them yep. in Iceland. Oh. There were a bunch. And yeah. they were the real deal. Yeah, the yeah. traditional Kinder yeah. Eggs. There was yeah. also Dracula's Balls there, too. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, there was candy called Dracula's Balls. B-A-L-L-S. <laughs> and you're like, huh? And then Wonderful. we were like, what the hell is this? And we turned out they're sour balls. And I'm like, you of think course they're, be- they're sour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you expect? But uh, we were like, well, this is uh, this is product campaign gone horribly wrong. <laughs> take so. them, take them right down down the street to the hot dog shop. Yeah, Pilser Vagine. <laughs> <laughs> With their mascot as a giant hot dog wearing a chef's hat, which looks, looks like a lot balls. like balls. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll show you guys the pictures. It's uh, they the hot that dog one out. was pink. The balls were yellow, which was kind well, of well. That was its little, little chef's hat. It was just wearing like a little ball sack. It was wearing a little ball sack. <laughs> get this, get this it, balls warm. It doesn't get much sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> I honestly can't think of any other like geekdoms that I would want to bring back or that have been have de- have been deaded. And been, been dead. Been, what about what about a title one that you're ready for it to return? There's a one ti- title one. A, a title a title geekdom or a title trend. Title. Ones that go yeah. in and out. Well, well, I don't know what you're talking about. We talked about this in the beginning. <laughs> title the something that went the yeah. waves. They go waves like Transformers happen. They go away for a little bit, and then Transformers magic. come back, and then they go away. I mean, like Ninja Turtles come in, and then they go away for a little bit. Yeah, I'm not. Back. I'm not excited about Ninja Turtles coming back. <laughs> me neither. I mean, can... Magic has been back for me for a while now. That's so, <laughs> where, the, where the spark was amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. Like, yes. Magic Arena is, is actually driving a lot Here of... Here you go. I'll know. give you one. Yeah. It's 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 normally a genre, but we'll do it just for a board game for you. Omega Virus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what dude. is that? Well, electronic yeah. board games. So, uh... like, the Omega Virus had an electronic component with the board game that you actually had to play. You know, you had to hit buttons on it, and it kept track of things. You know, uh, the Dark Tower from Restoration Games hopefully is going to be the same thing. It's not just going to be a phone app. <laughs> 
Uh, I think it's probably just going to be, be a phone app. Probably be a phone app. Uh, <laughs> it's a way to bring that game back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those games are amazing. Like That's it was just cool. so much fun. Like that and Mall Madness. I love Mall Madness. Mall Madness is awesome. You had as child's fake credit cards. Yep. That's a great idea. But you want it was the 80s, so it made a lot of sense. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> it was like and it would have a little loudspeaker that says, There's a sale at the shoe boutique. And we're like, oh my god, I gotta get to the shoe boutique and I get to use my little green credit card and go, Yay, I got oh all the monies. God. That's because so it actually if you bought something and you put stupid little green credit card into the machine, yeah. it realized green credit card went in and then it took money out of your card. So it taught you banking and consumerism at the same time at the age of six. So because that was a smart 80, thing. Sounds very 80s. Yeah. It was. <laughs> there is one geekdom that I would love that they could bring back, which was Firefly, just because I loved it so much. And... It, it is an. Ex- oh. I think that still has its cult following. It's pretty strong. It's got its cult following, and you know because that cult following continued it into the comic books. So and those yeah, stories are not the not over. Are still, are still going. going. And there's a tabletop too, isn't it? In case it? you wanted to read them. <laughs> yes, I want more and movies. There are novels too now. <laughs> I would. Movies. I would be cool with more movies in that universe. Yes, I think they have a very. Yes, good there's universe. more stories there. He. There are. He set up a lot of nice stories there. It'd be great to see more stories in that universe. I, just, I can agree with that completely. Yeah. I know an extinct an extinct one that I would love to see more of one day, but it won't ever happen is Mass Effect because EA no. is a monster. That's so terrible. Mm-hmm. I love Mass Effect. You've, you've also had three Mass Effects, right? Yeah. Yes, only three because there are only, only really three. three. That's, still been, that's still a decent number for something that has now gone extinct. Yeah. So three. And then Andromeda. No, no, no. There's only three. Oh. <laughs> there's four. No, no, no. You didn't even play most of that game. I didn't, yeah, no, it's true. What about what about Dragon Age for you, Bioware guys? Uh there's more Dragon Age coming. Oh, well, so there you go. We're fine. See? We're fine. I'm fine <laughs> we're with still some. On I'm fine. I'm fine well, with some geekdoms dying, like dying just right out. <laughs> well, we're gonna get there. In I, a know, second. I know. I <laughs> know. I'm holding. I'm holding. There's uh, Vampire the Masquerade uh, Bloodlines two coming out. Oh, I saw oh, that. I'm so excited. That looks good. They started announcing the clans that are in the game. Oh yeah. Uh, they have concer- uh, They just did a video on the Bruja clan, and they actually just started showing off the actual skill set for the Tremere clan they just Ooh. announced. That and they cool. actually showed the skill set of the actual character in-game boiling somebody's blood out of their body. And I'm like, woohoo! That's fantastic. <laughs> so that it was very fun. exciting. All right. Well, why don't we then shift into our last two points, and this is where we get to get creative. Uh, so we're going to create a ginkdom. And we're going to say what that geekdom is going to be. We're going to pitch it a little bit. Then we're going to kill it. So uh, so how are we're going to create a geekdom and then tell everybody how our fandom dies. Uh, because I thought this would be kind of a fun way to do this in a little bit of a twist. Uh, and then we get to talk about how it gets resurrected and how it transforms that's beyond its original creation. So basically, uh, you get an opportunity to create something, kill it. And then make it a monster of what it was. So, because that's a lot of the things that happened in our childhoods. So, um, so is anybody ready to rock? Nobody's uh, got a chance to think this one through yet. No one's had a chance to think it through, but I'll, I'll go. I'll go first. Okay. Um, cool. I always had this vision in my mind of a movie that was a time travel movie about a train conductor who had to kill cows that were set destined to take over and destroy the U.S. And so you had to get two or three actors who looked very similar to play the same character throughout the different periods of time and be able to have them time travel between. Oh, that's awesome. Right? <laughs> okay. So we're gonna we're gonna give this we're gonna give it a title, The Far Side. 
吧。<笑> sure. <笑> the time express. Oh, the time express. I don't know. Um, so like, um, so the whole idea is because it's got time travel involved. People are going to be able to think about, oh, well, what's the outcome going to be? How's it going to change the reality at the end? Who who can really picture what what's going to happen? Um, so the geekdom would be built up specifically around, you know, you'd have the first part, the second part, and then you'd wait a few years to do the third part, and、uh, let them think, oh, what's going to happen between the second and third part to really just create the whole geekdom, and then never make the third movie, and that's how it dies. <laughs> All right, so that's awesome. How, how does it resurge? Somebody how, died. <laughs> how how does your property come back from the dead? Um, is it do they is it a full on reboot? Somebody eventually makes an animated、uh, version of the third movie. Okay, <laughs> that works. Anybody else ready to rock? Uh, okay. Well. Blizzard actually makes a StarCraft MMO, okay, and it takes off and sells like hotcakes and takes all of WoW's actual player base, and then they then、uh, they just, then they say that we're going to make they're they're actually going to make StarCraft Ghost again, and they never make StarCraft Ghost because they're never <laughs> going to make StarCraft Ghost, and the StarCraft MMO ends up being a virus. Ooh. <laughs> So that's how it comes back. Is it's it's like oh、There、my god, go. Blizzard released it, and it's a really angry employee. <laughs> They released it, and actually, it's not just a virus. So it is a virus, but it's not malignant, not a malignant virus for your computer. It just actually mines bitcoins on your computer. <laughs> actually, you know god, what it is? It's just pulling your friend data for the Epic Game Store. There we go. <laughs>、oh, we'll bring it back around. Oh, the Epic Game Store. <laughs> So I would love to see、um, science fantasy be more of a geekdom because it's something that like gets blended once and I mean it gets blended a lot, but it's never been like a solid thing. And I would probably have a franchise that would be like about technomancers, and it would be like Rise of the Technomancers until it gets to the last technomancer, and it would be really, really broad and sweeping, like a big fantasy epic. And that's the cool part about mashing the two up. Um, but then it would go on way too freaking long, and everyone would get tired of it because that's how that happens. And would,、uh, <laughs> would HBO option it for a TV series and then destroy it in the last season after you they really weren't able to you know, catch up with the series without you finishing the books first?、Yeah. Right? No, I would finish the books. <laughs> they would be done. <laughs> but like,、um, then.、Uh, I guess it would probably so it would die because it would just be there would be way too many and it would get way too convoluted, probably Wheel of Time ish where it would just get really <laughs> annoying, and then、um, it would get resurrected after a period of time because that stuff always comes back around. Yeah. Very nice. Actually, no, it would get resurrected by the punk community. So rather, instead of it would not be like it would be、um, the techno punks. Would, okay. Would bring it so in. So it ends up going like、punk. kind of like cyberpunk, like steampunk, <laughs> cyberpunk. There is a punk for a diesel punk. There's a punk for everything. There so、is. there will be techno punk. Yep. And they, the like small, you know, armada of them would、cool. keep it going. I'll go. Okay. Um. So, in the interest of title things, um, uh, the western. I, I can see the westerns coming back in a big way, but not just like your standard westerns. Um. Is definitely going to like mash up into more space western.、Uh, 
uh, I know I did talk about Firefly, but just like its own universe, like really like getting this idea of like the whole pushing the frontier, pushing that boundary, that whole really classic idea of the Western, which was that big frontier. This is what we're going to get into. It's going to be like hard science fiction that we'll get out there. Um, not science fantasy, like really getting into gritty, more real, more political, more of that kind of world. And what will happen is it will... Um, it'll launch with like a movie and then it'll spit off into 17 different TV shows like they always do. <laughs> and it'll just be everywhere and oversaturated and it'll just be too much and nobody wants to watch it and they'll just basically kill themselves off. Um, <laughs> the ratings will tank. They won't renew things. Everything will end in cliffhangers <laughs> that don't match. <laughs> and that will just die. And then somebody <laughs> 20 years later will reboot it as oh like my a fresh God. new take with just like a real simple storyline <laughs> with much better practical effects. <laughs> <laughs> and it will take off once again to start that cycle. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Jess. Mine would have to be a series of YA books. Surprise. Probably <laughs> about vampires. Again, surprise. <laughs> Uh, probably mixed in with some other genre bending difference than what it was before. And there would be so, so many. We're going to go the way of JK Rowling. There's going to be way too many books. It's going to be blockbuster movies. People are going to love it. And then it's going to die off a cliff (laughs) until about 10 years later when someone makes a TV series about it, it gets one season and then gets canceled by Fox. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. It's called New Fox now. That's true. Um, for uh, for me, it's gonna be an undersea adventure. Uh, with it's a, a it's a family kind of thing, uh, starring two very large fish. Most people would call them sharks, and it is a male shark and a female shark, and they love each other very very much. And one of the the male shark says, "Hey, honey, I will be coming home late from work. I will make sure to pick up dinner on my way home." And the shark goes off into its place and it goes to get food. And then all of a sudden, everybody is really angry at this shark because it brought home food and people are really pissed and trying to kill it. And things don't go very well for a shark. And then all of a sudden, these three assholes, one of them is an oceanographer, one of them is chief of police, one of them is a really salty old boat captain, kill Papa Shark. And Papa Shark is very, very sad because he did. And then the next part... Is so sad ending to that it movie. is. And then Mama Shark says, I'm going to count a Monte Cristo, this son of a bitch police chief, because Papa Shark killed a sensible thing to do. Old salty sea captain and oceanographer. It was too expensive to bring back for this film. So, um, so then she goes and then she gets electrocuted. And then the film franchise dies. And then somebody says, It's cool. We can bring this back. And let's bring this back with Baby Shark. And we're going to set it in SeaWorld in Orlando. And then the franchise dies again. And then somebody says, Hey, 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 I got an idea with Michael Caine. And somebody says, At Universal, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm going to call it Jaws. <laughs> the Jaws family? <laughs> Not teeth? Oh, that's a different movie. It's <laughs> yeah. a way different movie. <laughs> Baby shark. Right? Baby shark. Just mash up that with the Jaws theme. (laughs) (laughs) Baby shark. 
But it was funny because as everybody was talking, my brain was like, I need to think of something quickly. And, I, and my brain went to an old funnier, I think, called it was uh, so, or somebody made a trailer called Must Love Jaws and they turned Jaws into a oh, romantic comedy. I'm like, yep. I can totally steal this right now. Ta da. <laughs> um, all right. So now the last piece for tonight is we are going to kill an ex- existing geekdom and we're going to talk about what current geekdom or fad you want to see and, and why. And then how are you personally going to be the one to bring upon its destruction? Uh, and does it ever return? And will you let it return? So, uh, and then after that, we will we will get to our closer. So, I'm killing MMOs forever. That's fair. Yeah. How are you I killing L- MMOs? Well, well, let, let's say uh, I'm I'm killing MMOs because I think they probably are honestly coming coming to the end. Like. They require a huge time commitment and people are seeing much more of a a benefit to seeing people in person instead of just being online for, you know, eight to 12 hours a day. Um, So I think they are just finally eventually coming to a natural end. Um, But I would bring uh, I would try to help bring upon its destruction by being the trolliest ever in all of these games. I don't know if that's possible. Uh, <laughs> that's really difficult. You're not going to be sleeping for a long yeah. time. I know. That's and I really hope troll. you like people because you have a lot of people to talk to. Oh, God. So. Well, you have a lot of people to insult. I do have a lot of people to insult. Um, <laughs> the one-man goon squad. <laughs> was the alien's name from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide? Oh, there's there's lots. I know the, the one who uh, went around all of time. And oh. insulted everybody. Oh, oh my yeah. god! That's gonna drive me nuts. I know. No, that. no, no, no. I'll just I'll, I'll figure out how to hack all these games so I can just be like One Punch Man in all the games and just oh be like, gosh. "Hey, look, this new boss that y'all can't kill. Boom! One Punch. He's dead. Bam. Um, and you'll and, just hang out there for when he respawns and do it again. Yep. Yep. To so the anti Leroy Jenkins. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and in in terms of it returning, I could honestly, I I think MMOs are again, like I said. I think they're coming to their end of life. I hope they are, but I could see them returning when VR becomes bigger than it is right now. Something like Ready Player Ready One. Ready Player One, yeah, like actual like, headset body that makes suit, sense. immersive, you immersive. know, immersive, immersive MMO. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple and, of them, but there's, then, there's a couple of really they're good representations of them too. Yeah. Star Trek Reacher. Yep, but so I, it's good when we get to yeah, that VR's point. Yeah, VR is not quite there yet. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's going to be really scary when we do get to that point, because what happens when people start spending, you know, 10, 12, 16 hours a day inside of these immersive VR, you know, kits and just say they're like, no, this is my life. And like Second Life Life tried to be that thing where people were making a living inside of Second Life. and. I could see the same thing, like Ready Player One, you know, where people start working in VR and they just never take these headsets off, and it gets a little scary. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a community of of people our age that a lot of them are working from home nowadays. So yeah, it's true. probably not far off. Yeah. Uh, anybody else ready to rock? And um, I can jump in. Uh, I want to see YouTube celebrities go away. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, well. Not YouTube celebrities. I think more game streamers. I think, I, I think, I understand why there is an interest in it. And I think this is definitely like, this is like old man yells at cloud. And I, I do understand <laughs> this. Um, but I think um, for me, it's, 
I, I just, it drives me up the wall. I, I just, it's kind of like you have an opportunity to experience these games instead of somebody telling you why they're, how they feel about experience the game. It's kind of like having somebody say, I read this book and I'm going to give you a book report on it. And you're like, I read that book. And that's essentially the way that they're coming away from these games. Like we're, these people are just not really getting the experience that they say they're getting the experience of. But again, like I know a lot of friends and like their kids and stuff like that, that like, that is the way that they're experiencing a lot of the stuff, but like it confuses me and I don't get it. So <laughs> what I would like to do is partner with a major company and that's not Google and say, Hey, we're going to buy YouTube. And they're like, Oh my God, you're going to buy YouTube. And they're like, yes, we have all the money in the universe. And they're like, what are you going to do with YouTube? We're going to close it. And they're like, wait, what? And that's 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 how you send it down. Yeah, you can change it to ZooTube. ZooTube. And then everything will be animals. It's just cat videos. It's, it's only cat videos. <laughs> Return it back to its origins. And, and somebody is just exactly. like, but hey, we still have Twitch. And I'm like, yeah, but I think the same companies own that. Too. Oh my god, you know what? I would watch Twitch if it was cats playing video games. That I'm, I would watch. I'm sure there are probably some Twitch streams that have cats playing video games. <laughs> like There's something out there games. for everybody. Oh my god, that'd be adorable. I do. I I, I have to I have to games. disagree with yeah. you. Oh, that oh no! Sense. I know a lot of people would disagree with me on that. Like I know I, I know plenty of people that watch like things like Games on Quick, like charity streams, all that stuff. Like I totally get it. There's a lot of good reasonings for it. That is being the only Just way that certain thing. certain people consume games. I'm like, Just play it. Like if you enjoy it enough to watch it, play it because. The creators that are making those things make it not because you're watching a random other person make money because you're watching them. You could be experiencing it and allowing to these creators to continue to make the thing that you're enjoying that person play um, versus that company that's the publish uh, publishing house say, here's money because we're going to make them that tastemaker play this game. So they make all of the money in the universe. So we sell more. And I think that's what drives me nuts about that cycle so much is it's not the fact that people enjoy it, but I think it's taking money away from the creators that are the ones responsible for making basically the the piece of paper and pen that is being used to 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 spot that. So then I just brought things to mind. Bam. Anybody? I mean, I'm stuck because I'm just going to get... Anybody? Yeah, I'm going to continue harping on my superhero. I would say, actually, Aaron, <laughs> we played a game last night um but i feel oh like that the geekdom of turning 80s video games into board <laughs> games or something like uh, that yeah. is starting to get a little bit um over overdone we played where in the world is carmen san diego last yesterday oh. i have um, that and that has never been played and it's sitting on a shelf. um it is overly complicated it does <clears throat> justice to how overly complicated the video game was <laughs> but um didn't necessarily need to be that complicated um yeah uh how i will kill them is not buy them because that is the best way to stop a board game from being created um let's see will i let them come back well maybe if they do better conversions of video games to board games um like xcom that was a decent one um uh but no, that's not really something we need is like a whole bunch of Oregon Trail sub-variant games. You know, what are we going to get next? The Oregon Trail buying <laughs> stuff at the general store. <laughs> there, there is one called The Hunt for Food. I, I saw The oh, Hunt for Food. No. We have that as it. well. I got that and Carmen San Diego go for free. So I really can't argue <laughs> like, too much. All right. Yeah, that's fair. So 
Uh, who's next? Yeah. I guess I'll go with the fad of um, uh, CG everything. Where, like, you know how I feel about CG. Like, a lot of the uh, CG cartoon movies, I'm not, I'm very squidgy on them, and I don't know why. Um, but I was always a huge fan of, like, old animation styles. And animation can evolve and change, but, like, there's, a, like, actually in um, a lot of cartoons, they're still continuing to experiment with art and things like that and advance that, but you just never see that in movies anymore. And I think that would be a cool thing to How change. are you going to destroy it? Um, they'll just continue. The faces will continue expanding and get more bulbous and <laughs> until they blow off the screen. And then it's all over. So you go, are you going to hack all of the things? <laughs> apparently. Apparently okay. I'm going to hack into their systems. <laughs> She's going to propose who framed Roger Rabbit too. Except Roger Rabbit <laughs> is not actually animated. He's CGI now. I'm going to put in a disclaimer. Cat is not actually going to hack anything. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I do not have those skills at all. And <laughs> uh, next. I mean, this is time. <laughs> As Jess looks at Aaron, I'm like, you go. Hey. I have um, an idea for okay. me. We're getting there. All right, Aaron. Off um, the cuff. Off the cuff. Um, so, one of the, this is really a fad. Um, I, I really, I, I honestly just hate when my son just dabs. <laughs> and you stop that. You stop that right now. I, I just don't like it. I, I, call me old. I'm yelling at clouds here. Again, <laughs> you and I can start that business that takes down YouTube. It's great. Does he In the too? process, we'll what? take Fortnite with us. Too? I, I don't look. I, I, this is really easy to fix. It's, I'll just do them on some type of streaming service and get it everywhere. And once old men do things, they die because children know that's the thing. You dab back to your kid because then it becomes uncool and they'll stop doing it. A bunch of older dudes to start dabbing. To start dabbing and just get us on video doing it. And it it will die very quickly. Get it out there. It'll be funny for like 10 seconds and everyone will be like, Actually, oh, no, we this do. is horrible. Everybody that has kids that are <laughs> enjoying this type of thing says, oh my God, you guys want to go to VidCon? We've got the best tickets to VidCon ever. All the YouTube celebrities are going to be there and it's just everyone's parents. <laughs> and, it's, and it's just a dinner party and we're like, we don't like YouTube anymore. Yes. That's like saying like, we're going to Disneyland and it's actually just the dentist, you know? It's like what our parents used to do to us as kids. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how do how do how does it come back? It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> Kids start flossing again, and they're like, "This is new and interesting. Yay! Yeah. Let's put it on YouTube." My, my children's children will be dabbing, and they'll be like, "I used to do that too." And the whole they're like, "Oh no!" Out. It's kind of sad when you think about that. Flossing is like. A future generations version of the Charleston, like oh, they're doing that old no, people it's dance, the right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you're so right. It's a sprinkler. Yeah. Oh my god. Yep, yep. <laughs> I don't know if this is necessarily a fad, but this is what I came up with. I we're kind of moving away from it, and I appreciate that. I would like to see the lack of disproportionate ladies in comics. Yes. Um, I really can't stand it. It's not a thing. That I am a fan of. We are moving towards mm-hmm. more proportional ladies, but I would like to give all the comic artists a nice book of anatomy. <laughs> this is how things this is connect. How, yeah. This is how chest muscles connect here. Please, 
please draw them this way. You cannot yeah. turn that way. Yeah. <laughs> you need I mean, to have a waist. There's a spine in there somewhere. They, they don't do men much better. I mean, they overemphasize like, how big they make the men. Like, That's true, too. Men just uh-huh. agreed not get that size. Agreed. But I agree with you that the way they treat women is just wrong. I need, I need it to be better. <laughs> and I would be very okay if it never returned. I mean, you, you say they don't make men that size. Have you seen the mountain? <laughs> the, the, the guy who the, yeah, yes the, the actor actor i mean yeah he's he's, <laughs> he's huge yeah, but huge. The, the level of muscle that they yeah. put on these characters yeah. is sure actually so you know i will i'm gonna put a, a little ravenclaw mark on your your point uh for video game stuff uh to those of you that um are of a liberal mindset and you'd like to see positive change there's a really good website out there that's a forum and it's called resetera <clears throat> Or reset era, whatever you way you want to put it. Uh, so r e s e t e r a dot com. There is a common thread that brought, is brought up because basically, as somebody comments on a thread, it gets pushed to the top when you go into the video game form. And there is one that's called "I have no pants and I must scream," <laughs> and it is one of the most common ones. But it's basically it's a statement made from a female developer stating on why it's such an issue about the way that females are represented in video games. But anytime there is a new game that comes out that treats women that way, people will immediately post screenshots and talk about why it's a problem. I follow a Tumblr that's um, bikini body armor bingo. Yes, I and do. you have to you have to meet so many criteria. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, very similar, uh, and it's really mm-hmm. great because like you see this, but also in that reason why that forum is so big is that there's so many publishers and developers are in there. And one of the people that actually showed up in there a little while ago was one of the people at NetherRealm Studios, which is a problem for a different reason because of allegations that recently came out. But they did apparently state, they was like, well, we designed all of our female characters for Mortal Kombat 11 based on these a lot of these criteria to the point where, because there is not a lot of, uh, they're all very clothed, uh, where in Mortal Kombat 10, it was very scantily clad. Right. So it was really nice to see that like developers are paying attention to these things and saying, well, yeah, shit, we have a lot of work to do. So it was really nice to see some positive change from things like this. But yeah. yeah. In armor, Lady Armor can be really beautifully well done and sexy Absolutely. and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So get on that, developers. <laughs> Let's go. I yep. mean, honestly, look at Game of Thrones and look <clears throat> at Brianna Tarth. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. My girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. All right. So I think that puts a pin in our conversations for extinct geekdoms and fads. Or, Kat, you're looking at me like I missed somebody. I was like, everybody talking. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I didn't miss anybody. Okay. Um, So that kind of ends the conversation for geekdoms and fads. And we're going to close out this episode the way we close out every other episode, which is our Mary Fuck Kill. So what better way than to use staples of things that nobody thinks about anymore? So we're going to start this off with Katniss from The Hunger Games, Neo from The Matrix, and Austin Powers from Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, starting with Kat. Austin Powers is dying because he's super annoying, and I could n- I couldn't stand those movies. I thought they were so obnoxious. Um, I'd probably bang Neo, but I don't think I'd want to like deal with him in the long run. Katniss is a she's stout, she's sturdy, she's got like you know survival skills on lockdown. I'm cool with that. Okay, I'm gonna go Aaron. Thanks. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna kill Neo just because I wanted to kill the one. Um, <laughs> um, nothing against him. Uh, I'd bang Austin. I mean, he's shagged a lot. He's probably really good at it. 
And he's from the 70s, so he's kind of fluid 60s. that way. 60s. Very fluid that way. <laughs> uh, and Mary Katniss. Um, I figure, you know, she can definitely protect children, so, you know, good to have her around. Fair enough. I'm going to go to Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat as Aaron. Uh, Reasons? But, uh, Austin Powers would be fun to bang. Um, <laughs> Neo, I, I would want to kill Mr. Anderson. It's okay. It's not a problem. <laughs> Uh, and Katniss, Katniss is, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't kick her out of bed. <laughs> Bill. So I'm going to go completely different direction than all of you here. Um, first of all, you're going to fuck Neo because he can do those crazy matrix tricks. And it's just like, wait a minute, how are you doing that? That defies laws of physics, but we're in the matrix. So it's okay. Um, you're going to kill Katniss because I think she still has problems with PETA and I don't want her being like but PETA <laughs> and then I feel like I'm in a giant family guy reference because you just take PETA. her out for uh, some Greek food <laughs> <laughs> um, and <laughs> I see what you, you did there yeah. I was just okay my brain was going there too and I'm like I hate you because that was going to be one of my jokes <laughs> and it's gone now so. uh, and then you marry Austin Powers no. because I think you could change his mind and be like, "That's no. just um, that's just my bag, baby." Do you see Austin Powers too. If you marry Austin Powers, you end up either a robot or dead. Well, I could be a robot. That's fine. Oh, robot! Well, then you got to kill him. No, machine gun jugglies. See, I would betray my programming. Aww. Then your head nope. would explode. Mm. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Asmov's rules of lo- uh, robotics come back at you. I'm sorry, buddy. Jess. Austin Powers is dying. I'm sorry. It's just so too gross. obnoxious. So gross. Don't even care. The British accent does not save him in this no. case. You fuck Katniss because girl is a little vicious. And you marry Neo because Keanu Reeves. He would just be so nice. Mine's actually going to be exactly the same for very similar reasons. Uh, my reason for killing Austin Powers, uh, I know like his favorite artist was Burt Bacharach, who I absolutely despise, so we're going to end that shit right away. Um, it's such a petty reason. I love it. <laughs> um, and I've tried to watch in like Flint, because my dad watched that movie once, and I'm like, this is god-awful. I'm going to bed. And he's like, it's only 8 o'clock. I'm like, I know. It's fine. Um... I think for the purposes of killing Katniss, um, I think that's uh, so sex, but eh, we're going to move move forward. And then I think Keanu is good. He just seems like warm and cuddly. He just, like, I don't know. It just seems kind of the perfect kind of fit. It's not Keanu. It's Neo. 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 Right, but, but it's still, no, you know, we got to think of it this way, though. There really is no actors or cast members. It's just Keanu pretending to be other people. <laughs> Because, like, if you think about it this way, like, actually, you know, like, if it's Bill S. Preston and Keanu Reeves, that's just, it's kind of exactly what it is, because he's kind of playing the same character in every movie he's in, and for the most part. Even in Bram Stoker's Dracula, he was still the same character that he was in <laughs> Bill and Ted. And in, like, you know, oh my god, what was the movie with, uh... Dangerous Liaison? No, no, no. I'm trying to think. Crap. Patrick Swayze. Surfers. Robbers. Point blank. Uh, point, point break. break. Point, point break. break. But it's all essentially the same character. It's the same character that's in, you know, John the Matrix. Wick. John Wick. Essentially kind of the same thing, too. It's, just, it's just, Bonus just, loves dogs. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So I think we're good. 
So you're, it's it's still the same person. So yeah, I'm but he'd be that. staring at you going, "There is no spoon. There is no spoon." <laughs> but you know what? Though at the same <laughs> time, though, too, he doesn't want a spoon. But yet. like as you're, but, but as you're having sex, you're still gonna hear, "Whoa!" And then it's it's gonna make you feel good about you. So it's okay. You do get the whoa <laughs> when you cook dinner. Whoa! You know. <laughs> I did the dishes. Whoa, you know, everything goes and it works out well. So it's it's like that becomes the new "I love you" and you're fine. So I think it's good. Precious. So all right, Uh, let's kick around the room. We'll talk about uh, what we're all up to, and we'll get the hell out of here, and then we will talk about where we're going to come back for in a couple weeks for the next episode. Bill. Oh God, I'm playing a lot of MTG. I uh, bought a whole bunch of bought a whole bunch more magic cards. I regret my life decisions, <laughs> uh, mainly because I need I, I need to buy I need to buy computer parts. And food, <laughs> food secondary. MTG is MTG's life. I can eat cardboard. You can. Yeah, it's, it's not very nutritious. No, it's fine. It's a little dry. <laughs> Put some peanut butter on it. It'll be good. <laughs> Dip it in the water first. You're just eating the lance, cardboard. right? Oh, yeah. Just the lance. Good. <laughs> Aaron? Um, well, being a parent's been a big part of what I've been doing. <laughs> uh, with, uh, you know, summertime coming, there's lots going on oh, with yeah, like, kids yeah. and stuff. Um, other than that, personally, I've been exercising and trying to get healthier more. Nice. So that's a big part of what Yay. I've been doing lately. So, um, And pricing out wood stuff to build some stuff oh that's work. awesome that'll so. be cool cat how about you uh i got some books <laughs> i just blink at you at this point <laughs> thank you i believe in you um there are four currently up for pre-order because this year's ridiculous um what are their titles <laughs> i'll do it for you i <laughs> got you, you. there's a <laughs> Uh, I have a bunch of shorts coming out in Tales from the Skies on Friday. Um, that's a bunch from the Take to the Skies series that's currently finished. So it's like a nice little, you know, addendum to that. And then... Oh, um, like an epilogue? <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> and then um, the fourth book in my Shifter series is coming out <laughs> uh the 21st and then uh, that's forged futures and then june 3rd color of a soul is coming out and that's a paranormal romance novella and then july i also have two releases um (laughs) which is uh a re-release of my philly coven chronicles the first book in that series and then the start of a new contemporary, actually a series I talked about on here back at the fantasy myth, um, the myth uh, episode, because it's um, a contemporary romance retelling of Daphne and Apollo. And where can people order them? On it, online, on Amazon. There's multiple vendors. How is yeah. how best for people to find you how on best? Amazon? How best? I'm typing in. My name, I guess. Most you people don't find... know it because we don't usually discuss last names on here. Oh, Not man. because we don't need to, but like it's because <laughs> it's a search in, function. I'll, I can add it onto the link to the podcast. Uh, okay. Spell it. <laughs> <sighs> it's McIntyre awesome. like the apple. <laughs> yes. Catherine with a K. <laughs> 
read her books. There are a lot of different Catherines. There I'm just are. Saying, there's yeah. so many spellings. Read her books. They're so good. <laughs> yes. Thank you. They have audiobooks too. Only they lots. Do. Yes. Oh, I've been very busy trying to move into a house. Um, otherwise, just kind of reading, bopping around the bookstore. If anyone needs freelance editorial, you can hit me up for that. Yes. I edit manuscripts, comic scripts, all that fun stuff. You can find me at jessicajrosana.com, R-O-S-S-A-N-A. <laughs> Ross like giving that. me a look. Like like that, I'm going to give Kat a course in marketing. How does that sound? <laughs> Oh, I just finished Mike. up a trip to Mickey Mouse Land. Uh, Diddy World. We got back on Saturday. It was great. Um, the kids had a blast. So That's awesome. That was awesome. Um, let's see. Keep that in your mind because in two months we talk about theme parks. Yep. Yeah, I will. Um, we went to Universal. We went to Mickey Mouse Land, all of the parks except for Animal Kingdom because the kids decided they wanted to go back to Universal. So there it is. Um <laughs> Let's see, uh, what else am I up to? I'm up to 5'11". <laughs> um, cute. Still holding there. It's been, it's been good for, for a while. You're not, you're not shrinking yet, are you? Nope. Okay. Still not yet. So that's good. Um, I started a new job. I was out of work for a little while because I got laid. Well, the company closed. I didn't get laid off. The company closed. Um, and I started a new job, and it's great. Woo! Yay! Personal victory. Yes. yes, absolutely. Um, as for me, you can always find this podcast as well as the other podcast I'm on each and every week, which is DC Primetime. And I'm so happy to say that the seasons for all of those shows are just about wrapped up uh, <laughs> because I'm looking forward to, to talking about Doom Patrol because oh that's been far better than everything CW has been putting out so recently. So good. Um, but yeah, no. Um, but yeah, you can hear our finale episodes for Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow in about a week and a half's time. So we'll be talking about that. And then we will be moving into our annuals where we're going to be reviewing the seasons as a whole. Hint, hint, hint. Arrow did not do well again. Big surprise. <laughs> um, but also, we're after that, we're going to start reviewing Doom Patrol as a series. And if you haven't watched that, get off your ass because it is fantastic. Uh, but again, it. you can always find that show and again, Capping Crew Cast of Pods over at nextlevelnetwork.com. You can check out these those two podcasts as well as I think about 11 other podcasts now oh, over wow. on the network as we continue to grow and grow and grow. Uh, but yeah, so make sure to check that out. And as always, a big special thanks to our good friend um, DJ Cutman and the guys at Game Chop Records for the music you hear on this show. Make sure to check out Game Chop Records at uh, GameChop.com or DJCutman.com and you can find all of their good stuff with their SoundClouds, YouTube pages, and links to purchase their albums. Uh, but until next month, uh, we will be coming back. Actually, it won't really even be next month. It'll probably be about two and a half weeks. Uh, and we are going to record our episode for Body Positivity in Geekdom. Uh, and I will tell you this now, fair warning. Um Make sure, and I will warn you now, you have a couple weeks to see Infinity, uh, sorry, not Infinity War, uh, yeah. sorry, Avengers Endgame, because there will be spoilers in that episode, um, obviously around body positivity. So, uh, so make sure you have a couple weeks notice to check that out, but until then, we'll see you then, and then I believe after that, again, I think we're doing theme parks right afterwards, so um, that would be June and July, so. Sweet. All right, until next time, we'll see you around the bend. Bye. Bye. Adios. Bye.